everyone. Welcome to Reluctantly Adult, an advice podcast for people who believe they shouldn't be allowed to adult. I'm your host, Charmel Scipio, and I reluctantly adult. For the month of May, we've been talking about different parts of motherhood before even becoming a mother, as far as pregnancy is concerned, or freezing your eggs and potentially thinking about becoming a mother. In this episode, I talk with two guests, Lania and Rashida, about uh, their adventures in motherhood um, as they usher their children through toddler years and beyond. Um, We discuss what it's like to bring your baby home for the first time, the terrible twos, postpartum depression, and finding your identity outside of motherhood. This episode is extremely, extremely long, um, but it is also incredibly, incredibly fun. Uh, We had way too much fun recording this. Um, It was absolutely incredible, and I hope you all enjoy. Welcome to Reluctantly Adult. Please introduce yourselves to the people. Hi, I'm Linnea. I have three kids. I'm Rashida, and I have four children. So I wanted Rashida and Linnea to be on today because I know them. I know their kids, and I am overwhelmed by them in person all the time uh, because I'm overwhelmed by children that can talk. I think that's basically what it is. Like if they can talk, like I'm overwhelmed uh, because I feel like we don't have anything in common, which is probably true. I just don't know what to do with them. But the other reason that I wanted to to talk with them is because I wanted to know like, what is it like after the baby actually gets here? So I talked to expectant moms already. I want to know what it's like when you finally get that, that child home and now you have to keep it forever. Hot mess Just till they're 18. (laughs) Just till they're 18. So I need you guys to tell me, like, what was it like bringing your your first child home the first time? Hmm. The first child home the first time. Um, It was exhausting. Okay. I was in labor for 14 hours. Mm -hmm. Wow. And it was exhausting. Like, I literally slept. Mm-hmm. The first entire day home, like I woke up when she woke up to feed her, but I slept a good, mm, I'd say, 18 hours. Wow. I really did. If she wasn't woke, neither was I. Okay. Because giving birth is the most exhausting thing, and I don't care what anybody says. Epidurals, they're just not as effective as you think. Oh. So it was an exhausting it was an exhausting day, but the entire month right. was really exhausting because you're doing things that you've never had to do before. Right. And at the time, I was only 19. Okay. So it's like, this is all new to me, and right. I've been around children before. I have a nephew, so I pretty much knew kind of what to do, mm-hmm. but it's so much different when it's your own. Right. Because when with my nephew, when he got on my nerves... You can just go in the room with your mom. Like, right. That's it. Get away. I'll be bothered when I feel like it. Right. But when it's your own child, you have no choice. Right. Like none. Like you may be able, I lived with my parents at the time, so I was able to say, well, mom, can you, you know, can you take her while I mm-hmm. do whatever I'm doing? But after she's been at work all day, she's like, eh, maybe. <laughs> and you know my mom. She's right. just like. Maybe means no. Yeah. Like yeah. I'll do it, but. You got. A, you only got a few minutes, right? 
So that's what pretty much that was like for me. Okay. Lanier? Um, at the time, I was, I just, I was about to be 22. Mm-hmm. I was uh, just turned 20, well, yeah, about to be 22. And uh, I lived with my boyfriend, baby's father, who is now my husband. Hey, Nick, at the time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was overwhelming, definitely. Right. Um, I, on the other hand, I wasn't able to sleep. Like, I didn't sleep. We didn't sleep. We just took naps. Mm-hmm. We just kind of would doze out, doze back in, you know? Right. So um, it, was, it was a whirlwind mm-hmm. to just kind of describe it. I mean, I remember the first month first maybe two months I was just kind of delirious that's the like I remember being up at night because at the time my son did not want to sleep with me he would only sleep with his father he would sleep on his chest but I remember us being up at (laughs) we would only we'd be up every two to three hours feeding him and uh, (laughs) I just remember the conversations that we would have were so crazy I'll never forget we were watching I think it was um, something about Mike Tyson okay. at three in the morning All right. and I, I was talking to my husband and I guess I dozed off and I didn't know and he right. was like what are you talking about Lenny and I was like what what are you talking about and he was like you're talking about mermaids what are you talking about right now <laughs> and I got so defensive because you know the hormones are out of whack right. I'm delirious yeah. as crazy as hell and I was like you don't know what you're talking about and I, I just I just remember us like having like ridiculous little spats just you know being crazy but right. it was it was an amazing time and something that I would never, ever forget, you know, right. something that I would always think about when people talk about their children and bringing them home when I see other pregnant women. Um, but it was very overwhelming. I didn't have an instruction manual on what to do. Right. Uh, it was just kind of like, I have this baby. So, I, you know, as I was telling you before, just try to keep it alive. Right. And uh, make sure it doesn't fall and make sure it doesn't get hurt. And, you know, we survived the first year. So on. It's, I mean, needless to say, he's six now. Right. Okay. So, you know. <laughs> good. We're doing good, pretty good. Good, 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 good. <laughs> and your oldest? My oldest is nine. Good. So alive. Yeah. Great. <laughs> and okay. as far as falls, I can honestly say the falls aren't that bad. They're not. When They're I not. brought my fourth child home, because they're only my third and fourth children, they are one year and one week apart. Irish twins. I think that's what they're called mm-hmm. it's whatever it is it was terrible <laughs> but <laughs> when I first came home from the hospital um, my husband's grandmother was there because she would she knew it would be overwhelming so she mm-hmm. came to help and plus it was around Christmas time mm-hmm. so I had my newborn Demetrius he was on the couch I'm like okay can y'all just watch him so I can go upstairs get a nap something right and they're like okay Dwayne's in the kitchen doing whatever he was doing and his grandmother was in a recliner, but because it reclined so far back and her feet were up, she couldn't see what was going on. Uh, Meanwhile, my one-year-old, Dominic, comes right up along the couch, pulls my newborn off on the floor. Right. And he survived, no brain damage, everything's good. Right. Falls are not always bad. Yeah, they're what pretty it resilient. Did, though, what it did, though, was it let me know that the two of them cannot be in the room unsupervised. I have to have my eyes on both of them. Right. My left eye on Dominic, my right eye on Demetrius. Preach. Because, you know, they were, because they were so close in age, yeah. Dominic didn't really get to be the baby that long. Right. Because they're, the boys are all a year apart. Right. So they didn't really have the time that Jazz had because... DJ and Jazz are three years apart. Mm-hmm. So she got to be the baby and, you know, it was just Jazz for a long time. Right. But with the little two, I had to watch them because they couldn't be trusted. It's <laughs> alone with each other? 
No, they couldn't be. They can't be they trusted. C- <laughs> like now, as all? a mother of two-year-old twins, you cannot trust them. <laughs> now I can trust them a little three. more because they're three and four. Right. But back then, no, and it's still only a little bit of trust. Right. Like because they just the other day they were in the bathroom. Um, painting my walls with toothpaste yeah so they can't really be trusted but so much toothpaste and, and soap are um, great painting tools mm-hmm. they're they're fantastic so you can't you so now you have twins yes jesus right like <laughs> yeah, let's, just, let's just take a let's have a moment of silence for that right. statement alone the, i would be All in right. an institution and i know that i would <laughs> because be, mine are so close together. <clears throat> it's they're, almost like it. Yeah, they're yeah. basically twins. And because they're so close together, they were in diapers together. Ugh. Like, And even at one point, I had all three of the boys in diapers. So the smells that came out of that house were like serious. <laughs> I should have bought stock in Febreze. Right. Because it's like, Okay, I couldn't even keep the trash in the house. Right, and you know, you know, every mom knows when you have a dirty diaper, you tie it up in a little a Walmart bag, put it in the trash. No, there were so many in the trash yeah, at all, all yeah. the time. I just had to, you know, nope, go straight outside to the dumpster. Right, yeah. let's just do that because it just was. I don't know. Maybe it was what I was feeding them. Maybe I don't know. At, mm. It sounds nuclear. That's right. I said nuclear, like George W. <laughs> it was nuclear. horrible. It was horrible. So wait, so Linnea, you you also have twins, and like this was like it wasn't a timing thing. Like you, Rashida, like you got two babies. Legit, you, you got a two oh, first. But, but can I just tell you yeah. the timing? So that was my whole motivation for having a child when we decided to have a child, because at that point Nicholas was three. Right. And I was like, I refuse to have two babies in diapers at the same time. I'm right. not doing that. So well, 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 so well, well, well. Lulz. Yeah, pretty much. And uh, it's, it's funny because when I found out I was having twins, literally that day like I knew I was pregnant I took a pregnancy test and it was positive so I was like oh yay because it was planned you know right. and um, I'm at work and I'm talking with my coworkers, and I'm telling them I was like they're joking they're like oh you probably have three kids in there I said Jesus would never do that to me he <laughs> knows that, me. that I cannot handle this God does not give you more than you can handle right and that day I was at work, I went to the bathroom and I was spotting and mm-hmm. I thought I was miscarrying because I was feeling kind of crampy and I was like, oh my God. So I told my supervisor, I was I'm going to go to the hospital. I was going to leave. I hadn't had a uh, ultrasound at that point. Mm-hmm. It was still very early in the pregnancy. And uh, I'm talking to my dad. I'm talking to my husband and my supervisor at the time. And um, they're all, you know, texting me, asking what's going on. I'm waiting to see the ultrasound technician. I go back there, and she doesn't do the ultrasound that you see on TV a lot. She does the internal ultrasound. So she takes a wand, and she puts it inside of me. And uh, she goes, well, there's your baby. And you see the heartbeat, that little flicker? It's doing fine. And I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. And she was like, that's baby A, um, and that's baby B. And she just moves it with right. the, like one swift motion. And sure enough, there are these two little things in me that look like they had little claw hands. And I was just like, what, twins? Like, I swear after that, right. I just went deaf. The world came crashing down around me. Right. It was like that meme you see on Facebook with right. Mr. Krabs. <laughs> <I'm> SpongeBob. <laughs> yes. And everything looks all distorted. Yes. That's how I felt. And I was just like, wait. Congrats, what? you're having twins. Yeah, and she was like, should I say congratulations? Oh, no, you know what scared me was she said, um, do you plan on keeping it? And I was like, uh, yeah, it was right. planned. So at this point, I'm thinking it's missing an arm or something. Right. 
And no, it, it, you know, just so happened to be twins. And I remember I called my dad. I couldn't tell Nick in person. Right. Um, so I called my dad and I was like, dad, uh, there, mind you, my mom's like, it's okay. You know, maybe it's just not your time. No, it's not, mom. Yeah. She's like, you know, well, you can have another child if you guys want to try again. Because we all just knew I was miscarrying. Right. I called my dad. I was like, daddy, there's two babies in there. His initial reaction, he's like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. God damn it. Shit, Linnea. Oh. And then, and then tries to talk me off the ledge. Right. After he just has a little mini breakdown. Right. It's all right. It's all right. It's, you know, you, all right. All right. Okay. All right. All right. We're just going to have two babies at the same time. It's all right. I was like, what the hell am I going to do with three kids, dad? What am I going to do? And then I get home. I tell Nick, Nick fell asleep because at this point I didn't get out of there until three o'clock in the morning in the emergency room. So I'm like, I need you to wake up. I have something that I need to tell you about the pregnancy. And he's looking at me like, what do you need to tell me? Right. And I was like, "Um." he's like, that's your problem now. (laughs) He's like, I was like, "Uh, you know, there's two babies in there. And he was like, yeah, no, what did you really want to tell me? Right. And I was like, no, like legit, there's two babies in there. Right. And, you know, I'm telling him how the doctor told me. And he was like, I knew it. I knew it because he would joke around all the time and say I was having multiples. But thus goes the story. Right. And here we are today. With two babies. So I always joke with people where it's like, oh, if I find out I'm pregnant, you guys better check, you know, ABC or Channel 10 because there's going to be a crazy woman on top of the Comcast building. (laughs) And like, I told my therapist that and she kind of stopped like... Like, (laughs) Is is this serious? Right. She legit kind of just was like, she's like, I don't... I don't know if I should be worried or if I should, you know, say that you should go up the street to the improv place. (laughs) She's like, Philly improv's a couple couple blocks away. Maybe you should go and talk to them (laughs) about it. But it's really a situation of of sort of feeling like, oh my God, like kind of like your dad's reaction is my general reaction to even be left alone. Yeah, like it just being left alone with a child like even if if you were like oh he watched my baby while i go to the bathroom okay. <laughs> i don't want to break don't take it too long please don't please don't because you might come back in the room with a note stuck to your child's forehead like i might have had to lick it to, to to stick it on their forehead but like it made a sound couldn't fix it don't think i broke it but i'm sorry and i have to go yeah like and i have to go <laughs> like, i have to go so you want to say it right like the, because and and i feel this way because the last baby that i saw or or did, like physically had to deal with was my brother my brother's 17 he's graduating high school this coming year like wow so it's it's, it's been, been a while a, it's been it's a been while, while right like i think the last time you saw him he was a smooth six running yeah. away from the cheetah in yeah. school yep. you saw him he was what like 11 yeah. i think the last time so it's sort of one of those things where it's just like okay i don't understand how we got here but i want to understand like because you you all have to- toddlers your toddlers sound Rashida, your toddlers sound like uh mercenaries like they're they're really ready to take each other out yeah like each other and anybody else that gets in their way whoever wants they can get it right yeah, pretty right. much <laughs> i've had to deal with that situation in church now i do you know because i work in the nursery with kids uh zero to four right and there was a situation because they're of age they're in there with me right and there was this nasty little boy. I, I wanted to smack him so bad, but I don't hit other people's children in church, so I didn't. You probably should make a good habit Pause. of not hitting in other church. people's. No, in church. In church. Oh, oh, outside in of church. church. 
inside of no holds of bar. Church, it, it, it's a case by case situation. But in cool. church, no, because <laughs> you don't want to run. You don't want to run anybody away from Jesus because you smacked their child in church. I don't know if that's. <laughs> I don't. It's a thing. It's a thing. Uh, I, I, th- I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure any mom would probably lose her religion for somebody else hitting her kid. Like, just... So, and that's the thing. I don't want to do that. Okay. Said, okay. All right. So, I'm using these techniques that I learned about talking to them, putting them in a the corner, whatever. He didn't want to share. Right. This particular child took a toy from Dominic. That's the four-year-old. Right. And Dominic starts to yell. And before I can even react, Demetrius, when I tell you... The little boy and Dominic were standing face to face. Demetrius, the three-year-old, came behind the other little boy and says, you better leave my brother alone. Don't mess with my big brother. Right. And it was about to go down right. in the church nursery. Like, they were about to <laughs> tag team this little boy. Right. And I'm just like, oh, my God. We can't church. In the church nursery. Church. Yeah. Kids don't care about They don't they care are. about location. And I'm just like, yeah. oh, my God. Please don't let them do this while I'm in here. Right. Like, if anybody else is in here, cool. But I don't want it to be like, okay, you let your kids tag team that other kid. Right. Yeah. So I'm just like, oh, my God, don't do this. Like, <laughs> like I literally started to pray. Like, right. please don't let them do this. And I'm breaking them up. Like, no, we're not going to do this today. This right. is not going to happen. And the little boy says, he looks at me. He's like, hmm. And he, like, growls at me. Like, I did something to him. And I'm just like. Growling is, is a thing. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. All right. Mine okay. do it to me all the time. Oh, mine growl on a daily basis. Oh, okay. This is a it's thing. it's a real thing. Okay. It's a serious thing. <laughs> we're trying to we're trying to work that out. Right. Like use your words. Yep. And that is my favorite saying: use your words because to me, when you growl at me, that's an act of aggression. Right. So if you come at me aggressive, I pushed you out. So I'm definitely going to get aggressive with you. Right. And my aggression is going to be a lot worse than your aggression. Right. So let's just not even go there. Right. Let's okay. just de-escalate. <laughs> because it's not going to be good for you. Right. Not at all. Oh, my God. Linnea, like your twins, they seem, they, they're, they're very different people. They yes. are two very different people. Absolutely. What is it like to raise two? very like to essentially have to balance raising two very different people at the same time to like have to teach them the same lessons at the same time i think the only thing i mean obviously the only thing that really makes them twins is that they share the same birthday okay but even inside they had their own everything right you know like they there was nothing joint about them except they shared the womb right um so from the time they came out to present they are two completely different people and it's it's it gets difficult to balance uh, especially with them being fraternal, with mm-hmm. that one being a girl and one being a boy, oh, wow. teaching them the same things, but also different things, right. like teaching them not to hit, but also teaching Mason, you can play rough with your brother. And I mean, I'm, it, we could branch off to this in so many different levels, mm-hmm. but not to sound, I don't want to say like misogynistic or anything, mm-hmm. but you know, you can play rough with your brother, but be a little bit more gentle with your sister. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So trying to teach them that at the same time, right. like one, trying to get a two-year-old to understand anything is a right. task in of itself. But also trying to, you know, teach them individual lessons. It, it, it gets, it can be overwhelming. Mm-hmm. It can be very overwhelming because she as well just wants to run around with her brothers and right. be rough. But at the same point, she is also smaller. Like even though they're twins, she's significantly smaller than her okay. twin brother. He is very large. He's stocky. She's a little thing. She's right. always been little. So um, 
I mean, now, of course, she makes up for it with sass. Yeah, she, she so. has sass written all over her <laughs> yeah. face. Yeah. So with attitude, uh, yeah, so that, that's not a problem there. But she, and I, I've noticed Mason, he is, he understands. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he does understand because I notice now it's always something like she'll push him. He won't push her back. But he'll mm-hmm. throw his body on the ground and right. make a big scene like, oh, God, mom, she pushed me. <laughs> like he won't hit her, which right. is good. We're making progress. Right. But now he'll throw the tantrum. Right. So it, it just goes from one thing to something else. So there are two. So that means like terrible twos times two. So is it like four terrible children at once? Like, what is that like? Pretty much. Oh, okay. Cool. Uh, so cool, the cool, terrible cool. twos started before they turned two. Yeah, I was going to ask you that because yeah. mine started at terrible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, awful nine months. Awful birth. Like you, <laughs> you were a terrible human at birth kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, but, mine uh, started at about nine months when they were able to talk and not even talk, but just express get, themselves. Yeah, express themselves. And oh. they're more mobile. Yeah, because Jazz was with the eye roll. Well, she did that at about three months. Like, the eye roll was big. Right. If I wanted her to eat her vegetables and she didn't want it, she'd do it, but she'd roll her eyes at me. Right. So that was... Oh, I don't even get that. They just don't. <laughs> I get it thrown on the floor. Right. Blatant disrespect. Oops. <laughs> Straight face. <laughs> Straight face. Both of them. My Same bad. Time. Or they'll straight up tell me, no, no, that's the, that's the newest thing. Cause that was one of the oh. first words they learned besides daddy was no. So oh my goodness, it's like, I've never had to, when jazz, I say this all the time. She spoiled me for what children were supposed to be like. Right. She was just like, she was the most chill, laid back child ever. Right. Like she barely cried. She did what I told her to do. Like she was just good. Right. When DJ came along, I was in for a rude awakening. Right. He was just terrible. Oh, I can't say terrible. He was just a boy. He wanted to <laughs> jump, run, Absolutely. throw, jump down the steps, starting at like the fifth from the top. Like right. it was just bad. Like I literally, I called my mom. I said, Mom, I'm going to have a nervous breakdown. <laughs> like this, there's something got to be wrong with this child because kids don't act like this. Right. She said, Yes, they do. He's just a boy. I said, Jazz didn't act like that. She said, well, Jazz was a girl. Right. So that's what I tell my husband, because he, he'll say that about our six-year-old. He'll be like, what is wrong with you? Like, why can't you just sit down and watch TV like a normal child? Right. Why do you have to run around and dance and scream and jump when you watch TV? Right. Yep. And he's like, I've been around other children, Linnea. Other kids do not act like this. Right. Yes, they do. And I'll tell him, I'm like, well, Nick, one, every kid is different. But two... That's what he likes to do. He's yeah. not going to be doing the same thing at 11 that he is at 6. You know, right. So it, it does come he with might. the territory. True. He might. But you know what I've learned to do? Well, now that we have the actual space, right. I just send him outside in the yard. Right. Give him water guns. Send him outside in the yard. It. I mean, that is the biggest relief. Right. When you can send him outside in the yard. And now I don't have to actually be on the porch with them. Right. I could just sit in the house on the step and peek out the window, right. and they're fine. Because if I don't do that, I'm going to catch a case. Like right. I know that I am. <laughs> because if that four-year-old tells me one more time, because he has this thing, he gets angry. He's like, I don't like you. And he doesn't say it to me, right. but he says it about me, and I can hear it. Right. And that is like, I can't discipline you when you've just disrespected me like that, and I'm right. that mad. So it's like, okay, you got to go outside. You don't want to throw them out the window or anything? Like, I or maybe, to. like, hang them out a window. Like, is that I a bad thing? To. I don't know. Yeah, we don't do that. Okay. I've had to, um, I say, you know what? Put your shoes on. Go outside. Right. I don't care if you put pajama pants on. 
go outside. <laughs> Please just put on clothes and get out. Get outside. Yeah. Because if you don't, there is going to be a serious issue here. Right. Like, my neighbor, my landlord might call the cops because you're going to get a beating, like, <laughs> a serious one. I let Nicholas right. know straight up. I'm like, I'm going to need you to give me five feet on a diagonal right now. Do you see my face? <laughs> Mommy's ready to go. And he knows. Right. He knows. Five feet on the diagonal. Yeah. On the diagonal. And, yeah. um, you know, there are times that I have to raise my voice. You know, I'm not... Um, against spankings right. so he knows he will get the business right. if he doesn't get it together it starts with a look and then if i have to raise my voice i don't mind yelling like right. i don't mind like nicholas get it together you know doesn't really bother me but like if he is you know maybe pushing his brother or sister because they're not mm-hmm. respecting his space which i get at six they're two right i understand but um if you're yelling at them like you're an adult and you pay bills therein right. lies the problem right so i will let him know like nick I'm, you're here right now I'm gonna need you to bring it down here because the right. mommy will be up there, right. and then it's gonna be that's it's gonna be for nobody. And, and Nicholas, right. and my husband says it to him. He's like, Nick, you better calm down because I'm the one that's gonna have to deal with your mother, and then you're gonna oh have to deal God, with me. Oh my God, that is right. Dwayne all the time. I I completely believe that the only reason he disciplines the kids is because he knows that once I get up there, that everybody's gonna feel it. Right, like it's. I'm coming through like a hurricane. Like it's gonna be bad. <laughs> and I really, in my heart, believe. That's why he's like, okay, sit down, shut up, get it together, or whatever right. needs to be done, because he knows that once I get up here, right. it's There's just no going to be bad. Right. Yeah, it's just it's going to be worse for him right. because you put these children inside of me that I had to push out, <laughs> and now they're acting like complete. I can't even utter, use that crazy I can't even person. Use that with my husband, you know what I You like. We went in this together, okay? <laughs> I didn't give you anything you didn't ask for. Right. <laughs> Welp. These are Even facts. Though. Yeah. Even though. And I'm like, well, that's not the point, okay? That's not what we're talking that's about what right I now. That's what I say all the time. That's not the point. You put them in me and I had to push them out and now they're acting like maniacs? No, this is totally your fault. <laughs> Can you get your maniac utterly. children? Right. Yeah. Get, so, get your big head maniac children. <laughs> oh, no. Dang. So, I want to ask about I, I I don't know if, if you either of you experienced this, but like postpartum depression. I did. What is that like? Because it, I feel like it is something that is not discussed. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it is something that that needs to be discussed because it it sort of goes hand in hand with, you know, mental health. Like that is something that we don't talk about. And then it also sort of if you go through this it has this weird effect on you as a mom that you're not a good mom because you're th- because you're going through this but also it seems like doctors don't have a good handle on how to talk to you about this or how to kind of walk you through it or help you through it to give you sort of the resources that you need to to actually tackle it so i so i want to understand sort of what was that like for you well first of all I didn't even realize that that was what was going on with me. Okay. Now, like I said, I had the the youngest two a year apart. Right. And it started with my three-year-old or Mm -hmm. my four-year-old. And I didn't realize at the time that that's what it was. And three months after I had him, I got pregnant with my fourth child. Right. And that was just an overwhelming situation because... Number one, your hormones are all over the place. Mm-hmm. They haven't really gotten back down to normal levels, mm-hmm. and then you're pregnant again. Mm-hmm. And it was super hard because, you know, like you know, before when I lived all the way in Salem, we didn't have a car. Mm-hmm. So Dwayne was on the bus every day to work. He was leaving out at 
5.30, sometimes 6.30 in mm-hmm. the morning and getting home at 9.30 at night. Right. And that can that is a lot on any person to deal right. with. And once I realized what, I didn't realize what it was until after my fourth child was mm-hmm. born. And I kind of started to come out of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, all this time, that's what it was? Like, I thought that, well, I'm just going to be honest. I didn't really think that it was a real thing. Right. I thought that it was just, oh, you've had children and they're just getting on your nerves and you really don't want to deal with it. Right. But I can tell you, it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. It was to the point where all I wanted to do was make sure everybody was fed and dressed. And that was it. Like, right. I didn't go anywhere. I didn't do too much of anything. But it was it was hard because I felt like nobody understood. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I was doing it all by myself because mm-hmm. Dwayne was going all day. Mm-hmm. And it's not like I was so angry about that. And it's not because he was just like running the streets or hanging out. Right. He was legitimately working and traveling right. all day long. And it just it was so hard and it was a lot to deal with. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that helped me to get over that was I started baking. I've always baked like i will bake you a well back then because i just i am utterly against i have to say this i'm utterly against um <laughs> cake mixes that come out of boxes right i'm utterly against oh, okay them. every but person that bakes then, is i've noticed that because it's just we're not gonna go there okay because <laughs> that's a whole other subject right but it was even if i baked a cake out of a box I would just do that and or make cupcakes and decorate. And it helped me to feel better. Mm-hmm. So I started doing it more often. Okay. And then I started to, like, yeah, well, people like my cakes. Let me learn how to do it from scratch because it's cheaper that way. Right. And that's what helped me to get out of that. Now, that's not to say that something that will work for other people, mm-hmm. but that was something that worked for me. What probably would have helped me to not deal with it as long right. would have been to talk to someone about it. Right. Because, but like I said, I didn't know that that's what it was mm-hmm. that I was going through. Mm-hmm. But like I, I always say, because I, I'm very open about it now. Because mm-hmm. that was, <clears throat> other people don't know that you can get through things if you don't tell them that you've been through it. Right. So I'm just like, okay, I'm very open about it. But the one thing I always say is, especially after you have a child, if you're feeling like that, talk to someone else, mm-hmm. and don't talk to someone who has no idea what you're going through. Right, right. Talk to someone who's who have been there and or someone who knows about what you're going through. Right. Like I my I talked to my mom. Now, my sisters and I are a good, you know, we're spaced out evenly. Mm-hmm. Um there's 3 years between my two older sisters and 6 years between me and my other sister. Mm-hmm. So she didn't deal with it that way. Right. But I would talk to her all the time. And it was just like, okay, it was. It got to a point where I had to talk to someone mm-hmm. who said, well, you know, maybe you should talk to a professional. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. People think, oh, if you talk to a therapist, you're crazy. And I thought that too. Right. Because I'm like, okay, I don't want to go talk to a therapist. And they say, now everybody's looking at me like I'm crazy. And my right. biggest thing was, oh, they think I'm crazy. They're going to try to take my children. Right. Okay. I, that was like, that was big for me. So I definitely didn't want to talk to anybody. Right. But looking back, I know that I probably should have. And right. I probably wouldn't have dealt with Because I dealt with that for over a year. Right. And didn't even realize it. But it, had I talked to someone, they'd have probably been like, whoa. And the other thing I didn't want, I didn't want to take medicine. I'm like, no, okay. I'm not going to talk to a professional. And they'd say, oh, yeah, we'll take these pills. 
No, because I'm not going to be walking around here like a zombie looking two shades of crazy. <laughs> so Only two shades, though. Just two. Yeah. So I was like, um, no, I don't want to do that. Okay. But like I said, I realize now that's something that I should have done. Right. And I tell people all the time, if you have to talk to somebody, just do it. Right. The worst thing that they can think is you're a nut. That's the worst okay. thing. You're not Have really. You lived in America? Like, it's just. The worst thing people can think is you're a nut job. And they will take preventative steps to make sure you don't hurt your children and that you're not as much of a nut job. Sure. So, hey, talk to somebody. It's sure. nothing wrong with it. Okay. What about you, Linnea? I think that when you have a child, uh, especially if you are having a child for the first time right and uh this is all new to you you know again your hormones are out of whack that like Mm -hmm. getting your period and being hormonal and having a baby and being hormonal are two different monsters Mm -hmm. and that's not something that people really explain to you Mm -hmm. while you're pregnant so when you're in the hospital uh you know they give you these pamphlets to take home dumb pamphlets yeah that no one reads and probably gets thrown away because mind you you just had a baby you're trying to make sure their stuff is together you're getting birth certificates you're getting social security cards Mm -hmm. you know you want to make sure you have the stuff that you need you're trying to maybe if you work go back to work so you're not really worried about the baby blues pamphlets Mm -hmm. Um, so personally with the Nicholas, that wasn't something that I dealt with with the twins. However, I was very moody. It Mm -hmm. took me a while to kind of come to. And, um, I will say I give the utmost respect and credit to my husband for dealing with me Mm -hmm. through that time. But, um, I did, you know, decide to go see a doctor Mm -hmm. and, um, it, it, there's this stigma, especially in the African American community, mm-hmm. that uh, you know, one, we don't really go to doctors in go general, to um, but we don't yeah. we don't go to doctors in general until right. it's dire need, you right. know, and you know, at that point, then it's oh my god, I don't know what happened, right? Uh, so there isn't really any preventative measures taken, and there is that stigma, you know, that you're crazy or people are going to look at you crazy, mm-hmm. and I think that's just something as an adult I've had to come to grips with. If at the end of the day, the people that are in your life that matter, they matter, right. and they will support you throughout anything. So unless you're really technically like as stereotypical as it sounds, unless you're paying my bills and you're taking care of me and you're taking care of these children, I really don't give a shit what right. you have to say. Right. So. Um, I took it amongst myself to go see a doctor and she gave me a script for Lexapro Mm -hmm. and uh, it was a low dosage. And that's the thing that people don't understand too, is people hear pills and that's what Mm -hmm. you automatically think. You're going to be walking around like a zombie. You're going to be zonked out thinking, um, you know, I'm just going to be crazy. The most effect that it had on me is it made me a little tired Mm -hmm. after taking it initially. However, um, that's something that you can work out with your doctor, mm-hmm. your dosage and your meds, because not the same dosage is going to work for everyone. So I was right. on a low dose of it for a while. And I didn't I, like I wasn't about to take it. Like I wasn't really down for it. Right. And then I was like, you know, whatever, I'll try. Like this is like a month after she gave me the script. Right. So I you know, went back and forth with myself about it. So I took it and I noticed that it didn't make me crazy. It didn't make me like feel down. It honestly made me feel level. Mm-hmm. Like I just felt normal. Right. And I think uh, just I'm really into astrology and being a Gemini. I think I'm naturally high strung mm-hmm. as well as, you know, having a hormonal imbalance that just made it 80 times worse. <laughs> so it was like the perfect storm right. at my house, let alone having to deal with, you know, um, a four year old. Well, no, uh, there too. So, yeah, having to deal with a four year old at the time and having to deal with these new babies 
and not getting any sleep, being sleep deprived. It was just a crazy, crazy time. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you go back to work and you try to do your job. It was just a lot to deal with. Right. But um, I think that was one of the best things that I could have done is, you know, take a look at myself from, you know, outside of myself right. and recognize that there was some type of issue there. Because it's a lot, especially as a woman, especially as someone like not to use the term like strong black woman, but, right. you know, to admit that there you have a fault, to right. admit that there's something wrong, you know, especially when people see that you've had a child before and you've dealt with that successfully. So then you're ready to do the same thing because you right. normally just pop right back in a baby mood. Mm-hmm. And um, not being able to just bounce back like you did, you know, you kind of just want to sweep it under the rug. Like, no, I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. It's not a big deal. Like, I was just having a bad day. Right. But when your bad days start to outweigh the good days, then you notice that there's something not quite right. So, you know, same as she said, I would definitely encourage anyone that feels like something isn't something isn't right or you feel that was my thing. I just kept saying, like, I just feel off. Like, I remember saying that to my mother-in-law and saying that to Nick, like I wasn't crying. I wasn't like despair. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody has different degrees of postpartum who do deal with it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't like, Oh my God, I'm going to throw my baby over the balcony. Like I wasn't like that, right. but I just, I just felt off. Like, right. I'm like, I don't feel like myself. I don't feel right. And it, it took a couple months of not feeling right to realize that something was wrong. Right. So, yeah, I think, I think that anytime I, sort of hear anything about it it makes it seem like it's this sort of like you said Rashida like it like it's secretive like no one wants to talk about this and I'm just sort of like I don't understand why and I and and for me like my network is primarily like black women so I can't necessarily figure out if it's if it is a cultural thing I think it's a mother thing yeah but but even in that respect like like I'm not sure if it if it is like a mother thing or if it's a cultural thing or if it is generally sort of this this sort of overhang of that we lack such insight into mental health and into how important it is for people like as a society like across this country for people to be aware of of how they feel what they think and sort of addressing those issues without feeling like like you said Rashid without feeling that you're going to be persecuted for for sort of like naming those things and pointing them out and then seeking help for them like i i always sort of go back and forth about this because i mean i remember going and seeing a therapist and being like I don't know. And, and I remember telling my parents about it and my dad was just like, whatever. Like my dad just in general thinks that I'm like super dramatic for whatever reason. Like he's just like, like just what else is new? Yeah. Like whatever. Like if, if that's what, he, like he's always, he always subscribes to the, if, if it makes you happy, I don't care. Like, oh my God. My dad's recipe for, I mean, my, his, his, um, resolution for everything is take aspirin and lay down. My arm could be falling <laughs> off. All I need is take aspirin, lay down. You'll be all right. That's, that's, that's everything. Right. Had my heart broken for the first time. Take an aspirin, lay down. You'll be You'll all be right. You'll be fine. You'll yeah. be fine. <laughs> that's his remedy for everything. Like everything. A friend of mine, hers is drink some water, take a nap. You'll feel better when you wake up. Mm-hmm. But well, there is a little truth in that. There, <laughs> I'm telling you, there really is. If because, well, I'll just say with me. A lot of times when I feel like like there are six people in my house right. and when the other five are getting on my nerves or I feel like I'm about to choke somebody, <laughs> sometimes I'll need to make me a cup of tea, take a nap, and when I wake up, I'm good. You're good to go. Like we can, whatever y'all got, 
y'all need me to deal with? Are we dealing with fist fights? Are we dealing with homework? Right. Okay. You're ready to go. I've taken my nap. I'm refreshed. Let's let's tackle this thing. But that is sort of that's the that's the point of like of like going to like a therapist to kind of give your brain that nap that you need. Like, and I remember like having a conversation with my mom, and my mom sort of taking it as if saying, "My going to see someone to sort of talk about my issues." are in some way reflective it's an insult of her. To her. Yep. Like, why do they think that? I don't, I, I mean, y'all are moms. Parent, like, I don't know. And that's what I was going to say. I think for the points that you made, you're absolutely right. I think on all three of those categories that you bought up, I think it's all of the above. Right. Like one, you know, in America, you don't want to be labeled. Nobody right. wants to be labeled, you know, unless it's making yourself look better. So, right. you know, you have that there. And then, especially in the African-American community, we just don't do that. We right. don't go to therapists. We don't go to doctors. We go to church, get some Jesus. We're and all you'll right. be fine. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but also, I think as a mother, just like Rashida brought up, like you don't want people to, it kind of feels like an insult to who you are as a parent. Like, right. I made this beautiful thing, and it is mine, and it is the best accomplishment in my life. Mm-hmm. Now, if somebody, now, circumstances permitting, but... I'm big on respect. So right. if someone disrespects me, I have a problem with that. Now, if you disrespect my child, right. we might have to All bets are off. <laughs> like, there's no coming right. back from that for right. me. So for someone to, you know, make you feel threatened as though they can take that from you, right. you know, or it makes you feel like you're not a good mom, that's like right. one of the biggest insults that someone could ever, you know, uh, like say or right. do towards you to make you feel like you're not a good mom. Right. And, um, but like you said, like just your mom in reference, like what do you mean a therapist? Like, yeah, what, like you can't come to me. I, it, like it's, you can't, you know, you can't like fix it on your own. Like, yeah, I, I could understand that. Oh my God. Like, yeah. It's, it's just a, a very interesting sort of, it, it's, I, I find myself in these strange intersectionalities between having, having access to certain things that are counter to my culture. And it's, I I always have like this weird feeling like it feels like you're naked in that in that respect or what have you to sort of say is my doing this sort of counter to my culture like am I being a traitor in that respect or whatever and I just feel like I, I feel like moms like if if you have bought a human into the world like you earn the right to at least talk to someone and be like yo today is an awful day like I don't feel like myself and you've earned the right to sort of talk to someone about that. If, if for nothing else, like if, if, you know, you don't want to take the meds or anything, if for nothing else to just go somewhere to have time to yourself and to just only think and worry about yourself. Because, and this is taking me right into my next question, you give up your identity as a person to sort of usher these other people into the world and sort of raise them like can you help me understand sort of what is that like because for me as a as a single person who doesn't even have the perspective of a child on the horizon (laughs) right now um the idea of becoming a mom and i and i watched this from you know watching my mom and like my aunts and like my grandma and everyone like that having a child is all consuming it is all consuming at, at, at the very least for like if, if you have one child for like the first five years until they can sort of get into school and kind of, you know, get to start to become who they are. It is all consuming. And in that 
your entire identity, like from the time that before they're even born, like once you find out that you're pregnant, becomes mom. Like if you talk to a doctor, they no longer talk to you as like that person. Like they don't say, oh, hey, Lania, how's it going? Oh, hey, Rashida. They're like, hi, mom. Like, yeah. And just from that point forward, you are known as the mom of whomever is going to be coming. And I, I, like, I want to understand, like, how did you rec- reconcile that as not people that are like in their 30s where you're like, oh, this is a decision. Like you all were in your 20s and in your early, or your late teens when you had your children. Like, how did you deal with that? I'll let you know when that actually happens. It, I'm still, even to this day, like I'm still mom. If people see me without my children, the first thing they'll say, where like the they kids. can be coming right. right behind me. They'll say, well, where are the kids? Right. Where are the kids? How come they're not with you? Because I need a mental break. <laughs> and it's, it's a, especially when you have a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Like my children are all so close in age. And it's like sometimes... Like, I don't want to be mom right now. Right. Sometimes I just want to be Rashida. Sometimes I just want to bake me a cake, go hustle these cakes, and make a few extra dollars without the worry of the kids. I don't want to be mom all the time. Right. Like, I'm still trying. I'm just now, like, coming into my own right. and being, like, being me and discovering who I am. Because for a long time, that's all. I was just mom. Right. Even before I was a mom, I was aunt because, you know, Relly's been, he's been here ever since I was 15. Right. And that was like, he was like my little brother slash son. So it was always, for a long time, it was either I'm Aunt Sheeta or I'm mom. And that was it. Right. And outside of that, it's like, I wasn't even sure exactly who I was or what I wanted to do because I can tell you over, I'm so glad that I'm almost out of my 20s because they were rough raising right. small kids. I've tried selling Avon. I've tried, because I just needed an identity outside of the kids. Right. I've tried selling Avon. I've tried doing a little bit of everything. I said, okay, well, maybe I'll become a teacher. But it's not a good idea when you already have, you know, a bunch of small kids right. at home because I can pluck my own kids. You can't go to school and you can't pluck other people's That's kids. what they say. Yeah, it's against the law, I think, or something like that. Yeah, you can't do that. My, um, One of my good friends is a teacher, and she's like, oh, well, yeah, they teach you how to deal with classroom behavior. No, my way of dealing with classroom behavior and the state's way of dealing with classroom behavior is totally different. different. Yeah, definitions. Yeah. And I just, I was looking for something so I can say, okay, this is who I am. Like, now I'm going into my 30th birthday, and I'm like, like, I feel like I know who I am. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a wife. I am a mom, too. But also, I am becoming a small business owner. Right. I am Rashida. I am a baker. Like, it took, but it took, damn it, well, not damn near all of my 20s right. to figure that out. And for everybody, it's different for everybody. Mm-hmm. Because some people, like I said, I was 19, almost 20, when mm-hmm. Jazz was born. And I didn't really have that time to, you know, for lack of a better phrase, find myself right. or discover who I was. And because I was so busy taking care of kids right. and being a wife, I got married when I was, what, 23? Something it? like that. Was it? Yeah, we just celebrated six years. Was and you it? know why that is so awesome? That is so awesome because neither one of us um, ended up in a hospital and neither one of us went to jail for putting the other one in a hospital. Mm-hmm. 
That is okay. amazing. You right. have no idea. Yeah. You, you just sit in time out right now. <laughs> like, I cannot with you. Like Seriously, that that's an accomplishment. Because there have been times where I was thinking about getting him in his sleep. <laughs> when this you're is raising a completely kids, different podcast right now. Listen, like, when you're raising kids and right. you feel like he's not doing as much as you are. Right. Even if I changed two diapers and he only changed one. I'm like... Well, why didn't you change two diapers this time? Right. Even like it's even though it's not that deep, when you're hormonal and you're doing like all of this stuff oh at God, one time, give me a reason. All serious. I need is a look. Right. Are you serious? <laughs> right? Ask my husband. Like, are you serious? You left that trash on this porch when you walked past those trash cans downstairs on your way to the car? Like, <laughs> it's an accomplishment. This I'll is this. This is, like now. I'm thinking like, okay, now I need to talk to married people about like being married and also raising children versus not like versus being married and not having children. Like there's clearly a line between that. I was saying me and Nicole here. (laughs) So Lania, like, okay, like Lania and I went to high school together and, uh, she's just, she's Lania. Like you, like that is a definitive brand. Like that is, (laughs) that is who she is. Like, it doesn't matter like who you were and what grade you were in. Like if she was at the school at the same time you were, like you know who this girl is. So I want to under like I have been watching you like raise your children like over social media mm-hmm. essentially, and it has never been a situation where you're like, oh, these are my kids, like, <laughs> like where you just like never like kind of shun them. But also I've never seen sort of the back end of you really like grappling with that, honestly, of, of like knowing that you have this sort of distinctive identity that, that people know you for, like, like people know you or, and have known you for a very long time without children. Like I have the issue of sort of getting used to you with, with children. children. Right. So what is that like for you to kind of deal with that and like that sort of reconcile very, those things? Very difficult for me mm-hmm. because I'm the youngest of three. My sisters are eight and nine years hey, older too. than me. <laughs> and, uh, you know, growing up everything, I was used to getting everything I've, wanted right. you know maybe maybe not so much all the time when i wanted it but right. i still got it right um so i was used to basically things being the linea show and then like i said i was perfectly content with you know living with my dad well into my 30s having my cats right having my wigs yes, and living wigs. my life and then yes. i met nick and things changed you right. know and we decided that we wanted to have a baby so we had a baby and, um, you know, I had him before I turned 22. I got married when I was 23. Right. So, you know, I, I, you know, gave him and my children my 20s. And I've had this conversation with my friends, with my families. And it was a lot for me to deal with, you know, from being, you know, essentially being a child, living home with your parents, and then being a mom, being a wife, you know, living with a man for the first time. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot for me to deal with. And I mean, fortunately, I was able to stay home with my son for the first two and a half years of his life, Nick mm-hmm. worked, I didn't work. Um, so that's all I had was right. him and this little person. And he was my best friend and everything that he did, the sun rose and set on him. Right. And I got lost in being a mom. I got mm-hmm. so lost in being a mother. And then it wasn't really until uh, Nick and I were talking. And at the time 
uh, he lived in a condo, which was smaller. He's like, uh, you know, we have a kid now. We need to move. So, you know, we put our condo up for sale. Well, his condo at the time. We put it up for sale. And that was when I started working. So it happened all in that same month. The condo right. sold. I started working. We moved. Nick went to daycare. So it was in that point when I started working and I was actually interacting with other adults, mm-hmm. adult adults, you know, people in their 30s and 40s and right. 50s, not just my friends. Right. Like Renee, like, oh, she's like an adult. She's got a kid, adult. you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Adult. Right. Like actual adults, you know, and um, having to deal with adult situations. This is the first time I ever had to work and have a kid, you right. know, before I would work, spend my money on makeup, you know, right. go spend my money on clothes, go to concerts. Now I'm spending my money on formula. I'm spending my money on diapers. I'm right. spending my money on butt cream, things like this. So it kind of changed <laughs> the spectrum a little right. bit and um i had trouble dealing with that you know and you know it it, it 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 goes so much deeper than um just myself because at the same point my husband has to transition from me being a mother and me being a wife who's home all the time mm-hmm. to being someone who has to work now who you know um meets new people and meets new friends Mm -hmm. and you know I had to kind of recreate a life for myself because Mm -hmm. when I would think about myself when I would think about Linnea it was oh happy-go-lucky fun I love to have a good time I love to laugh and then I discovered a part of myself that never you know that I never knew existed because I never had this experience so I am grateful for it because going through this experience it just kind of added on to the brand that is Linnea Jewel Bayer. But um, I, I, I want to say it, it took me into like well into my 20s to right. kind of get a grasp of that, especially I had to know who I was in order to decide I want to have another kid, let alone two more kids. Right. And once that knowing that I can deal with it and that I can handle it. And one of the things that my older sister said to me that kind of just sticks with me, she doesn't have any children yet. And she was like, look at you, like little sis just doing it. She right. was like, you make it look easy. She's like, you be putting them kids in the car going here going there she was like and you just do it right she was like you know and it's because i think you have no choice you know like you know that you have to but i also had to realize that i had to take time for myself because i was so consumed in being a mother that i was like i have no life i don't have any friends anymore i don't go anywhere i don't do anything this is this is the brunt that my husband had to deal with and he's Um, sitting there like yeah, I'm like you drink, you go hang out with your friends, you do this, you do that. What do I do? What do I do? Huh? I wake up in the middle of the night with babies. That's what I do. So it took me a minute, to, and I and but honestly, I have a great, great, great support system because right. with me telling him that, he's like, Linnea, no one's trying to stop you, Turbo. Do you? You know, like, <laughs> I want you to go out, so I don't have to deal with it. He was like, please, if you want to go out and get some drinks with your girlfriends, or you want to go get your nails done, go do it. Please get the hell out of here. Right. And I have my mother-in-law who is a freaking saint because anytime I need her to watch the kids so that right. I can do something, she's actually available to do it. Right. So, you know, actually taking help from other people and not thinking, oh, I can do this by myself. I have to do it by myself. No, you right. don't know how to do it. You don't know how to take care of them. I know how to do it. You know, I right. had to give up some control and let other people help me mm-hmm. so I can help myself. So now when I think about things, you know, I look at it like it's it's more so like my husband kind of incorporates that into things. Like before, it would be like, oh, well, where are you going? What time are you coming back? Now it's kind of like, oh, well, you got to get your nails done, right? All right, so we'll do this after that. You know, so like right. it's incorporated. It's a priority now. Mm-hmm. And, but whereas before, I would be like, no, I don't need to do that. I don't need to go here. You know, I'll just stay here. I'll do this. I'll do, you know. Right. So now it's, it's, it's something that we've made a priority. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm a lot happier because of it. I would hope to mm-hmm. think, Nick, you can let me know if I'm wrong or right. I hope to think I'm a little bit easier to deal with now. Right. Um, but it is something that I had to discover. Like, right. it, it took a while to get to that point because you do lose yourself. Yeah. 
God. Like, okay, so this is fancy because you all are sitting here talking about some, I know who I am. (laughs) I found myself like, I don't like, I don't know who the hell I am. Like, like, I'm, I'm a smooth, like. Year, <laughs> I wish, I wish, like I'm a smooth year away, a little, little under a year away from turning thirty, and I'm just like, well, yeah, I'm just yeah. <laughs> but see, it's different because you don't have the pressure of absolutely raising children and being a wife no. and having to be I have a dog and you know on your A game all the time. Right. You know what I tell people who are like you single living their life i tell them like living the dream (laughs) trust and believe i love my husband to the depths of the deepest ocean and i love my children to the moon and back right and something that me he and i talked about you know when we and we literally just had this conversation the other day i'm like i don't regret being married i don't regret having my kids because like i I was i'm a fun person but i've Mm -hmm. never been like the turn up queen like i did it in college Mm -hmm. you know i did it in high school and that was fun and i realized that wasn't for me that's not who i am you know so when nick and i met we kind of clicked and he's six years older than me right so he knew you know he was further along in his life and knew what he wanted and i was like well shit me too let's do this right so <laughs> let's do lock it, it down yeah i was like are you cute too? okay <laughs> let's do this thing okay <laughs> so <laughs> but uh so you know that wasn't a big thing for me right but I tell people who don't have kids or, you know, they're not married or, you know, they're just living their life. I'm like, enjoy it. Because the one Mm -hmm. thing that I do wish, I do wish that I would have taken longer. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I'm I'm a firm believer in God and I believe everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. But when I look back at my life, if I could have done some things differently, I do tell him I wish that I could have had more time to be selfish. Mm -hmm. I wish like he and I could have been together long enough to know each other more without children. Because Mm -hmm. keep in mind, we met. And, you know, nine months later, I was pregnant. And then, like, a year after having our son, we were married. So, in this time, we're still getting to know each other as well. So, I told him, I'm like, I wish that we could have had more time together to be selfish together, to go on trips without kids, without having to worry about getting a babysitter, you know, to just do impulsive things and be young together and grow together. I wish we would have had more time to do that. And obviously, we've done it, you know, Mm -hmm. being married. But I would say, it's okay. It's okay. People like society puts this pressure on you that if you don't have kids, if you don't have a house, if you don't have this, that, screw that. Like, no, live your life. Enjoy it. Do the things that you want to do because there will come a time where you're not going to be able to. And not because you have kids. You might just be too old. You might be sick. You know (laughs) what I mean? You might die. But there are things that happen that are out of our control. says that all the time. You know, know, life happens. So do those things now, you know, and then when you, if you feel as though you're ready or there's no, I always tell people there's no perfect time to have a kid. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter, you know, what kind of job you have, what you're doing in your life. There's no perfect time. Kids are stressful, period. That's just what it is. It comes with the territory. But enjoy being young. Enjoy not having that responsibility. You know, enjoy finding out who you are because I had to do it while I had three people to take care of, you know, and that's stressful in itself. So I would say like, don't worry. Like, don't worry, because you'll have so much other shit to worry about. Oh, don't yeah, I worry. definitely do, yeah. Like, don't worry about that. I mean, it, it just seems, uh, and, and it's like you said, like, I think there's this sort of pressure in, to the point of why I do this podcast is that society sort of puts this pressure on you as to what things you should be doing by a, you know, certain, a certain time or a certain age. And I'm just sort of like, I always look at those things and I'm just like any of those things (laughs) I don't have any of those things like the only thing I have 
is an amount of debt that would look like a mortgage, but it's actually my education. That's I've mortgaged my brain, and unfortunately, no one can come and repossess it. So you know what? I think that is, and this is just me and my conspiracies. I think that's (laughs) a part of it. Like I think that society wants you to go to school, get your education, even though you may not be able to afford it. That's okay. Go ahead, get a student loan, and then you'll spend years and years paying off this student right. loan and then you got to have a car to get to work because you got to pay for the education that you just got so get a car payment but i kind of think that that's a part of the whole i think it's all a conspiracy for lack okay. of a better phrase but like i think that's what it is they want you to go out and get those things so you can be forever in their debt <laughs> you'll be forever paying off Yo, that student loan i'm telling you sally like, may is the devil i have i have a lot of people that I, I don't care what anyone says i tell people all the time anytime that my friends who have private loans tell me they're like yeah sally may called me again and i'm just like that's indentured servitude like i don't care what anyone says like that's indentured i'm just like of all the things that i have like all of my loans are government loans like thank god but like some of my friends that have like Wells Fargo or Sally Mae, I'm just like, how is Sally your indentured servitude working for you? Sally, Sally Mae is, is the biggest regret of my life. <laughs> I will wholeheartedly say that when people say like, if you could go back in time and you could change this, like, oh my God, yes, I would do this. I would do that. No, I would never take out that damn loan. Right. That's the biggest regret right. of my life. That That's pretty much it. And you know what? I don't even have a Sally Mae student loan. Right. My husband has it. These people have harassed my parents. Like, <laughs> yes, child. This is a loan yes. he had before we even knew each other. Right. Like, why are you calling my Don't parents? And call let me tell you something. From someone something. else's phone. Right. Let me tell Don't you something. Don't do it because they will stalk their life. Jesus. Let me tell you, they called my mom, I think, tw- three times, as a matter of fact. Right. And the last time, she said, Listen, <laughs> this happened. I didn't even know him in 2007. Right. Do not call my phone again. Right. Right, I'm not giving him the money. Get out of yeah, here. Yeah, like, I don't know where he is. And even if I didn't know where he is, I'm not telling you. Stop calling him. Like, harboring seriously. a fugitive. Like, it's like harboring a student loan it's fugitive. Serious. It's a little cop. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I am so upset. Like, I understand you had to go out there and you had to get your degree. I'm proud of you for doing it. Right, but yeah. did you have to use Sally Mae? It's because they don't give you any option, you know, like... Oh my God! Let's not even get into that because this is killing my vibe. Yeah, okay? it's let's not. Sally Mae Sally is the devil. But <laughs> but but I another mean, like sort of like serious topic that I want to ask you guys is about raising your children in the current state of this country. Jesus. Like I I cannot like. I can't not ask it's black depressing. and bron- brown moms about this question it's because scary. outside of and I've said this before, outside of what I perceive as the cost to raise children and just the pain to get them here, because I'm just, whew, I'm poor and I am pain <laughs> adverse. I am. Don't have them. <laughs> Don't do it. The other thing is just sort of not knowing and, and like not knowing if your children are coming back to you at the end of the day, honestly. And just sort of like, what conversations are you having with your husbands and also like with your children about some of these things are happening, especially because Lania, you have two sons and Rashida, you have three. So like, and it's not that your daughters are exempt. Thank you, Sandra Bland. Like they're not, they're not 
you know, exempt or, you know, Rakia Boyd, it's just, it's seemingly different. So like, let's have this sort of gendered conversation of like, first, like, how are you approaching this with your sons? It literally, it is a huge fear of mine. Right. And, you know, you try to, what I've been telling them, um, especially since the Trayvon Martin thing happened, Mm -hmm. like that was, I didn't expect that to hit me the way that it did. Right. And it was just like, wow. And ever since then, I've been telling my sons, especially all of them, but especially my sons, you don't have to be afraid of the police. Like, I don't wholeheartedly believe that, Mm -hmm. but I don't want them at such a young age to be scared of the police. Because I remember when my nephew was little... If he saw a cop car, he would. We would be in the car. He would duck in his car seat right. because he was scared of them. And I don't want them to, you know, approach approach police officers like that mm-hmm. because not all of them are bad. Some of them are. Right. But I tell them, you know, you don't have to be afraid of them. If you do what they say and if you're respectful, you won't have anything to worry about. Right. Um, not a hundred percent confident that that's the in truth. Cases, right. But. I think because they're five, no, he's not five, he's six, because they're six, four, and three, like that's the best way to approach it with Mm -hmm. them. Because it scares me to know that one day they may go out and do whatever. They may be in a car with the music a little too loud Mm -hmm. and they could lose their life because of something that isn't really that deep. Right. And like that's a huge fear of mine. The other day, last weekend, I got pulled over. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I'll admit, I was going 80 and a 55. Jesus. We were, and it wasn't even for a good reason. Right. I wasn't trying to be anywhere at a specific time. I just wanted to be home. Right. That's all. But I got pulled over and my three-year-old started to cry. Because he's like, I'm going to jail. I'm going to jail. I'm right. like, no, you're not going to jail. Mommy was driving too fast. And part of the job of a police officer is to make sure that we follow the rules. Mm -hmm. And the rule is go 55, maybe 60, sometimes 65, not 80. (laughs) You just keep pushing those rules back. (laughs) So I'm just like, and I had literally had to calm him down. Like you're fine. Like we're okay. Right. And he's just like, okay, all right. But like, he thinks that, the cops are just going to take him to jail. Right. And I won't, I'll be honest, sometimes I tell him that to get him to eat his food. Jesus. Or to get him to clean his room. Sometimes I have done that. And that's something that I know I'm probably not the only parent that does that, but that's not a good thing. Right. Because it makes them afraid. And that's not something I want. Because when people are afraid, they do crazy things. Yeah. And I don't want them to be so afraid that they can't, you know, have some kind of respect for the cops. Mm -hmm. Because there are kids out here I've heard an eight-year-old say, fuck the police. What is going on in your house yeah, that's insane. That that's your attitude and you don't really even understand what you're, right. saying. what you're saying? Like, that is such a horrible thing to teach a child. Because if you're saying that at that young of an age, what are you going to be saying when you're 18? Right. Absolutely. Like, there's no safety. Once, once you turn 18, there's no safety net. So I would argue that there's no safety net once you hit 11, given Tamir Rice, but that's just sort of mm-hmm. my my point of, of that. But it's scary. Like, it, it, sound, it, it, it really sounds is. scary. Like, Lania, like, how, how are you approaching it? Because y'all, y'all's boys are, are young, though. Yeah. Um, Mason is two. Nicholas is six. Uh, Nicholas has a good... Um, 
I would say he has a good attitude Mm -hmm. towards uh, law enforcement. They come to his school, you Mm -hmm. know, he brings stickers and stuff home. So he gets excited about that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, we take him to the uh, Blackwood Pumpkin Festival and he gets to go in the police cars and the fire trucks and Mm -hmm. things like that. So I don't really think he's been too exposed to have a negative outlook of them yet. Mm -hmm. Now, I'll just say from a personal standpoint, as a black woman, I mean, I don't know. I just, I feel like it's ingrained in our DNA that when a cop car is behind us, it naturally tense up. Right. Like, it's just what it is. Yeah. But, um, you know, we don't talk about police, you know, like, we don't really talk about that type of stuff in front of him mm-hmm. just yet. Now, he will see, the, kids' favorite show is cops. <laughs> Swear to All God. Right. Why? I have no idea. <laughs> but loves okay. the show right and he like he knows when you do bad things you get arrested so right. he has that understanding right because he'll say that sometimes like um same thing like jumping around running around acting crazy like what the cops are gonna come they're gonna arrest me <laughs> yes <laughs> my, that's exactly what's right. gonna happen my now, thing, sit down my thing is he up. says it like he's trying to pull my bluff like what you really gonna call him huh? what you gonna do so and you're sitting there like do i know any cops <laughs> right just come by real but, quick um, it, I mean, in today's day and age, though, like jokes aside, it's terrifying. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's scary. You have children that are playing with water guns that are getting shot and killed, you right. know. So, no, of course, that's not something that I want for my children. That's something that I fear. It's more so like ignorance is bliss. And it's not saying like, oh, you won't realize until it happens to you mm-hmm. because I see it every day. Right. So I, I understand the severity of the circumstances that we live in in this country as African-Americans. I mm-hmm. get it. But I don't want him to, like, my children are obviously, like, I believe we're all multicultural. Mm-hmm. You want to really get down into it. But, um, like, my grandchildren, like, my husband is mixed. He has mm-hmm. a white mother and a black dad. Um, their grandmother is as blonde hair and blue eyes, mm-hmm. you know, and that's my mom. She, right. she doesn't treat them any different. They don't look at her any different. Right. They have, um, you know, a grandfather that's a couple, sh- you know, a couple shades darker than me. And right. that's pop pop, you know, and a light skinned grandma, like my mother. They don't look at their family any different. Mm-hmm. And I don't want them to feel like they can't be themselves right. or mm-hmm. they have to feel like they're not black enough, you right. know, or they're not white. Because I dealt with that. Like, oh, you talk yeah. so white. Oh my goodness, that's a I'm sorry. conversation. But what right. does a black person sound like when they speak? And to However, me, to me when you say that, it's it's so that derogatory. I'm black, I have to speak I have to be ignorant. improper. Right. I have to I sound have to quote ignorant. unquote ghetto. Exactly. Yeah. And it's it's so frustrating, but mm-hmm. um when it comes to my children, I want them to be proud of who they are. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I when I was at the wrong library waiting for the <laughs> podcast earlier, I took a picture of a sundial right. and my um husband's grandfather was the mayor of Woodbury for years. Oh, okay. So it was dedicated to him and I posted it um showing my mother-in-law and my uh husband that um that was out there that I just right. happened to see that. So I want them to be proud of who they are. You right. know what I mean? I want them to be proud of both sides. Like I was never raised in a house. Like I understood the circumstances that were placed over my head as being black. You know, you mm-hmm. always have to be better. You always have to be smarter. You always yep. have to work harder. You got to jump higher, run faster, you know? So I always knew that, but my parents never treated me differently. I, they just expected more from me, period. Right. So I never looked at it as a black or white thing right. until I really got into the world and saw how people were. I was very, I wasn't sheltered, but in that aspect, because my parents always treat people how you want to be treated. You right. know, you treat the president the same way you treat the postman, you know? Right. So I never looked at things like that, but I do, I will say like up to a certain point. Now I know my husband will be very adamant Mm -hmm. And speaking to his sons about that, because he tells me straight up, like my husband, he works for um, 
Scott's Miracle Grow Company, mm-hmm. and they don't do like they don't cut the grass. They're not landscapers, but they do all the chemical stuff. Yep. So he tells me straight up, he's like, Linnea, when I go to people's houses, and you obviously you've seen what he mm-hmm. looks like. He's like, when I go to people's houses, and when it's colder, uh, when we first start back in February, he was like, oh hey, how you doing? You know. Um, he's like, but when it's summer and my tan is a little darker, um, he's like, when it's summer and my tan is a little darker and I look like, uh, you know, maybe I'm black or I look like I'm Dominican. People look mm-hmm. at me differently. Right. He's like, you know, I've had a couple customers. He was like, I was the same person that was treating their house in February. He was like, I go to their house in July right. and they look at me cause you know, there's like months in between treatments. He was like, and they look at me sideways like, Oh, where are you from? Right. Why do you need to ask me where I'm from? It says Scott's on my shirt. Right. Like, you know, you know what I mean? So he's like, people look at me differently at the end of the day. Um, you know, when people look at me, they don't see a mixed man. They don't see a man that has a white, uh, white mother. They see a nigger. That's what right. they see. And so I know with him seeing both sides of it, mm-hmm. he's definitely going to make sure his sons know like, yeah, you can be, they can be, um, what is it? Not Becky, but you know, they can be Brad with the good hair all day. Right. It doesn't matter <laughs> at the end of the day, right. you know, they have a black mother and they're going to be looked at as black boys in America, you right. know? And with that, they are going to have to look over their shoulder. And I hate to live in a world where my children have to do that as kids Mm -hmm. because they should be able to be kids. Um, But it's just the reality of the world that we live in. So I, you know, fully intend on making sure my children are prepared for that. You Mm -hmm. know, same with my daughter. Um, You know, not every black girl has a weave in her hair. Not every black, because I sure as hell don't. But, you know, I mean, but there's nothing wrong with it. You know, like, and if that's what you do, that's what you do. Like, not every black girl has a weave. Not every black girl talks like that. You know what I mean? Like, so I want her to know this is what people perceive you as. Prove them wrong and make them hate you for it. So here's the thing that I want to push back on you about then is is having this burden to have to prove people wrong, because this is an issue that I get stuck in all the time, because having to push back on people and to say it inherently puts you in this position of me versus them, the 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 them with the, the big, you know, capital T.H. or whatever, in a sense of, okay. If you're no, like, like I grew up in inner city Camden, like, okay. It's a thing of like, if I tell people that, then there's some weird perception of, of who I am. So now I have to sort of work doubly hard Mm -hmm. to justify, right. To justify like, okay, well that's just where I grew up. That is not necessarily Who who I am or whatever. I mean, because sure. I spent my, you know, weeks during the week in Camden, but I spent my weekends in white ass Glassboro, like <laughs> up the street from goddamn Massos, like yeah. where my grandfather, you know, ran for mayor of that town. And I can't walk through and say my damn last name without old timers saying, Oh, I don't know your right, grandfather. Right, right. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's sort of like standing in this dichotomy in a sense that. I don't want to have to prove to anyone who I am or who yeah. I'm not. Like I'm just me and I don't, and having to make that distinction inherently means that you have to shit on someone else. Like it, it, it's it, frustrating. It, yeah. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter because it's like, well, I can sit here and say, okay, like I'm from Camden, but I'm not from Camden. You know what I mean? And it's just yeah. like, well, now I'm to. shitting on those people that are from there. Like my, like my entire mother's side of the family. Like I can't walk through Camden without people seeing my face because they're like, I know your people. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Like, it's frustrating. This goddamn face. Like, you know, if, if, if it's not one thing, then it's another. And I'm just sort of saying like, 
how do you balance that specifically for your daughter now? Because like you said, Linnea, like there are inherent stereotypes about black women that my God, like every week I feel like I learn a new one and I'm just like, can I just I tell you against that one too? Can I just tell you my mother, um, showed a picture of me and my husband at her job or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're like, and I remember, I'll never forget the one lady was like, um, he's not going to marry her. This is before we were married. Says this to my mom. Right. And Out she's loud? like, oh yeah. She's like, why would you Ooh. say that? She was like, look at him. He's a white boy. He looks like he's Jewish. He's not going to marry her. So just in that right there, right. it's like, your the mother way, must be an awesome woman of God. <laughs> <laughs> the way, the way I think be. about it is it's like, it's always going to be something. does right. not matter. It's just, it's unfair. It's the world we live in, but there's always going to be something. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily feel that Juliana is, I mean, life happens, but I don't necessarily feel like she's going to have to shit on people to, to, you know, uplift herself. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if you're, you know, your parents will do the best that they can do to raise you, mm-hmm. you know? So I just feel like as her mother, just trying to do the best that I can do, in regards to raising her, mm-hmm. she shouldn't have to. Right. Like, she's going to speak for herself. When right. she walks into a room, she's going to own a room. You're not right. going to have to question her. Now, of course, there's going to be ignorant people. There are going to be bigotry. You know, like, I mean, there's going to be bigots. There's going to be things that are out of her control. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing that she can do. Right. But you don't have to please them. Like, I want to instill in my children that you do not have to kiss anybody's ass. Right. You don't have to. Because that's how my parents raised me. You're born alone, you're going to die alone. Right. So, right. fact of the matter is, well, you know what I mean? So, fact that, well, they weren't the twins, but, you know. Right. Fact <laughs> of the matter is, um, you know, you, you have this life that you're given. Make the best out of it. Do good and it comes back to you. That's right. how I feel and that's how I try to live my life. You know, I want my children, I want to raise them as respectable people. Mm-hmm. Um but I don't want people to look at them and see their color. Like I've had people say right. to me, like, oh, you're black, but you're not black, black. Right. And it's what just like, does what the fuck mean? does that mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, um, what does that so, even you know, mean? I, I get that. And I understand they're not trying to be offensive, you right. know, when they say this. I understand. You know, they're looking at it as like a term of endearment. Right. But in all actuality, I don't need your fucking approval. Right. Mm-hmm. If whether I'm black or I'm black, black to you, that's not what matters to me. Right. Because I'm still going to be Linnea at the end of the day. Right. Regardless of whether you're in my life or you're not, I'm still going to have to take care of myself. I'm still going to have to take care of my children. Right. And I want my kids to know that. At the end of the day, you have you. Right. You need to rely on you. So you need to do the things to put yourself in a position that when all else fails and mommy and daddy aren't here, you need to be able to take care of yourself. Right. You know, so I don't want them to to feel like they have this sense of entitlement, mm-hmm. but I also don't want them to feel like they are these victims of poverty and, oh, well, I didn't have my dad, so I can be a piece of shit. No, you had your dad and you have your mom. Right. I don't want to hear that. You know right. what I mean? So it's just, I think, uh, for me, it's about how they're raised. Like, mm-hmm. okay, these are yep. the circumstances that are put before you. This is what life is saying, all that you are. This is not who you are. You know right. who you are. Be confident in who you are. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I'm a black woman and I have brown skin and I love my brown skin. Mm-hmm. It took me a while growing up in Williamstown, New Jersey to come to terms with that out yeah. in the sticks. You know what I mean? When all I was around was white boys that liked white girls, right. you know? And there's nothing wrong with falling in love with. I'm not going to mention names. I was just going to say we went to high school together, but you know what I mean? Like there's nothing wrong with Listen, Lania pulled into... them, okay? Like <laughs> I'm just saying. We there's... were always just like, well, damn, like 
whose team do I need to be on? Like, just, just, just somebody's team pick me. Pick stupid. me. <laughs> I'm just saying there's nothing wrong with falling in love with who you fall in love with, you know? Because in my family, you're not gonna, we're not going to look at you crazy because right. you're dating a white guy or we're not going to look at you crazy because you're dating an Indian girl. Like, that's just not what my family right. does. Like, my family, like the, the Davis side, the, we don't do that and the Bayer side doesn't do that, right. obviously, you know? So, I just want them to be proud of who they are. Mm-hmm. You know, I want them not to be conceited or arrogant, right. but I want them to be like, um, yeah, no, you want to be with me. Right. Like, yeah, this is what's happening right now. Right. You know, I want them to have the confidence that I have. You know, I want them to live their yeah. life and enjoy it. I don't want them to have to be paranoid. Now, of course, I want them to be self-aware, most right. definitely, right. because I don't want them to have this, you know, naivety about things and mm-hmm. think that this is just everything's happy-go-lucky. No, you know, right. so I fully intend on um, making them aware of the world that we live in, mm-hmm. but letting them know that you don't have to be what they say you are. Right. Yep. You know, absolutely. absolutely. Now you said something about um, your children dating outside of their race. And I had to check myself on this, like just a couple of days ago, right? Because, you know, we live in Westville and most of the kids in his school are white. So I'm just like, okay, whatever. And, you know, my son, he's just a little cutie pie. Mm-hmm. And all the little girls like him. And I'm like, oh, my God. He's like, oh, well, Evelyn's my friend or Sophie's my friend. And Sophie gave me the, the little girl made him a little picture of a flower and she gave it to him. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, first of all, that's my son. You're not going to be giving my son anything. <laughs> and she tells people, he told me, he said, mom, she told me that I was her boyfriend. I said, she said, what? <laughs> and I'm just like. And, you know, these are the kids he plays with. And I'm like, oh, my God. I said to my brother-in-law the other day, I said, oh, my God, my son likes white girls. And I had to check myself on it because it's nothing wrong with it. First of all, that's the majority of what he's exposed to Mm -hmm. all day long. But I had to check myself on that because it's nothing wrong with it. Now, because I grew up with um, grandparents and even a father who still says this to this day if they can't use your comb don't bring them home and he would say it he what? would say it your dad is insane he's, he's crazy insane and he would say I love it him jokingly though, hilarious my dad would say it jokingly but my right. grandparents like they, they were said serious that and they meant that yeah. and it's just like um we have to get out of that mindset because there's nothing wrong that's why mm-hmm. we as i think as a people we allow society to put us into a box mm-hmm. and it's like just because I'm black doesn't mean that it doesn't have to mean that I can't listen to Mick Jagger or Gwen Stefani. Right. I posted something on Facebook Preach. and said, um, I was listening to, I said something to the effect that I was listening to Gwen Stefani and the Rolling Stones or something else. Mm-hmm. And they were and somebody inboxed me, somebody I've known all of my life right. was like, oh my God, you're such a white girl. Why? I'm just as black as I've always been. Right. I can snap my neck with the best of them but I'm trying not to but what I listen to doesn't define who I am I like a bunch of stuff like just because I'm black doesn't mean that I have to be I can't stand most rap music just because I'm a black woman does not mean that I gotta listen to Jay-Z and I have to think that Biggie is the greatest rapper alive I don't like <laughs> he's cool. Listen, please do not direct your hate mail at the Reluctantly Adult Podcast. I have nothing to do with this. The, That's just Rashida the Jordan's opinion. Expressed therein are not <laughs> reflective of the owner, Charmel Scipio. It is not me. Like I love Biggie, Juicy, all that. It's wonderful. I like him too. I don't <laughs> think he's the greatest. But don't have know. them coming for me. All right. Like, Any issues? You can find me on Facebook, Instagram. 
<laughs> Rashida Jordan. I am willing to have the discussion. Right. Like, it's not that deep for me. And But that's what it bothers me so much because, like, we're from Philly. Right. And when we moved to Jersey, it was like everybody that I knew, they were like, Oh, they thought like moving to Jersey was the wackest thing ever. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, oh my God, you live over there with white people. What's wrong with white people? <laughs> you What's know they live in Pennsylvania also. Like. I mean, they just, they don't, it's not that many of them that live in North Philly, right. but they're there too. There's nothing wrong with them. Honestly, they're okay. I just like, I've never wanted, I'm just trying to find the right term, but to like, think I'm better than mm-hmm. anyone mm-hmm. but I just feel sorry for people like that you know like I feel they don't sorry know any better. exactly like that that shelter themselves or they put themselves in this box like yes you're black but you are so much more than mm-hmm. that okay so you know what I mean like in regard to but I think that in part at least as far as like the dating thing goes I think that that is generational I yeah, don't is. think that that is expressly cultural and I think it it may also be regional. Like I think in the South, there may be there's a lot of remnants left down there. Um, still, still, yeah, like actively still. Um, but I think that part of it is cultural, and part of I, I think for a lot of people, the case of Emmett Till is still an incredibly powerful sort of imagery of just being alleged to have whistled at a white woman resulted in a child being you know beaten maimed and murdered and then tossed into a river you know what i mean like like and he was 11 12 12, 14 mm -hmm. something like that um so they, I think for and, and I would I would actually like to talk to black men about this about sort of approaching interracial dating from that perspective because I think as black women like we we see that like we see you know black men sort of dating white women and I think that a lot of people just think that we're saying oh you shouldn't date white girls because you sh- there are plenty of black girls and I don't think that it's actually that issue I think it's mm-hmm. it's actually more deep in the sense of just protection about wanting to keep that person safe rather than it be a situation of you don't love that person or that person doesn't love you like I, I think that that is I, I don't think that enough people give the argument enough sort of credit and nuance around it like I, I, I just think that a lot of people think oh black women are haters when you see like black men dating you know white women and it's just like that's not actually like we genuinely don't give a shit about that what we care about is that at the end of the day you don't catch a charge for someone's dad not liking the fact that you're with this girl like or you coming up missing or dead because you're with this girl like it, it's not ever really a thing of us saying like we don't think you should be with this person. Like I genuinely don't give a shit. Like I I don't care one way or another, but I think that there's always sort of that lingering sort of history that's always with you. And I think as a black woman and sort of inherently having to take on this sort of protector role, not only around your individual family, but around the community as a whole, you're just sort of always like, even if you're that person and you're like, I don't care who you date, in the back of your mind, you still get this f- quick flash of a twinge where you're just like... Ooh. Oh, now best believe if my son or my daughter 
comes to me and says that they went to their boyfriend or their girlfriend's mm-hmm. house and they're not welcomed at that table, oh, we're right. going to have issues. Right. Because when your child comes to my house, I'm going to treat them like they're my own. Right. You know, so absolutely not. And it comes to a point where, you know, your children are going to be adults and they're going to do the things yep. they want to do. But if you're not welcomed in their home, mm-hmm. I'm not... I'm not condoning this relationship right. because you're not going to feel like a second grade citizen to anybody. Right. So there, there's, there's, that's that. And I will say that is, that is something that will cause a problem for yeah. me because you're not going to um, treat my child like they're less than right. a human because of the shade of their skin. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a complicated situation. And to your point, like, I think that it should just be like, you accept this person as they are. But I think that, depending on the age of the like I think that you all are going to have a much easier time perhaps than our parents had and then sort of their generation had um, in dealing with a situation like this because it is inherently sort of a part of who these children are as like Mm -hmm. you said Linnea there are more children that look like your children rather than children that are of just one race to some degree um, depending on where you live Um, So that won't necessarily be an issue, but I think that as time goes on, it will be sort of one of those things where it will just be easier and it will just be like, well, you know, whatever. It is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Dating Jamie. Is Jamie (laughs) a boy or a girl? Like those will be the questions that you have to ask. Yeah, because I mean, the the, the things I want to know, I want to know like, what are, what, like who's, who's their people? Like what's their parents' credit score? You know, (laughs) (laughs) these are the things I need to know. I could care less what shade of of pink or white or brown Jamie is. Right. I need to know where you're coming from right. and and if my kid is safe over there that's right. what i want to know you know so it's like as, as you get older like you said definitely generational i don't think it's going to be that um important mm-hmm. as our kids get older right but um you know there's still going to be those type of people out there yeah. that are intolerant you know that's something that is just a part of life unfortunately but no that's not something that I'm too worried about mm-hmm. personally, just mm-hmm. because like with having, you know, children of a mixed background, um, who am I to tell them who they can date? Right. Because right. I know one thing, like I love my father with every fiber of my being. He is my best friend. Um, you know, I can come to him and tell him anything. Right. It was always, of course, a running joke in my family. Like, oh, you know, Linnea's going to marry a white guy whatever <laughs> that but, was the running joke in my family yeah, too and i was just like they don't like me i think <laughs> <laughs> so it was like you know it was said in jest but they they were accepting either way right um but i you know i love my husband and if my father would have had an issue you know with his background then we would have had an issue right you know mm-hmm. so I'm just grateful that I didn't grow up in that type of household right. where, you know, I had intolerant parents. So I could never be intolerant to my right. children, especially with them having a mixed background. Like, right. it's just, it's it doesn't make sense in that regard. No. Yeah. Uh. So <laughs> I want to ask, like, in raising children, you have a plethora of, like, funny as hell stories where, like, you can't, like, like it's a situation of, like, you either have to crack up laughing or you're going to kill someone. Mm-hmm. And like, what in your mind is like the pinnacle story for you where you're just like, as long as I live, I will never forget this. Well, you just have to follow me on Facebook because that's where it all is. <laughs> <laughs> that's where it all is. But there is, a, I have four children, so there's a lot to choose from. The one thing that I was not prepared for when I was, you know, pregnant and becoming a parent, when your children all have different personalities. Right. And it's it's kind of like living in a psych ward. 
you have all these different crazy personalities trying right. to coexist and it's just it it is madness sometimes mm-hmm. but i think the well, the one thing about Jazz, now, Jazz is the sweetest child. Yeah, Jazz is she cool. She is the sweetest <laughs> child. But she tends to say things at the wrong times in front of the wrong people. Hilarity. We were in the, um, we were in the clinic. Mm-hmm. And she was just going to get a flu shot or something. Mm-hmm. And this guy walks in. And, you know, he was a little dirty and he smelled really bad. But, you know, as an adult... I know, just, you know, don't say nothing. You just got to hold your breath and be on Facebook. So I didn't say anything. And Jazz says, Mom. Now, mind you, this man is sitting right next to us. Mom, this man really stinks. (laughs) And I'm just like, like, what do you, I just, shut up, Jazz, shut up. Because she doesn't mean any harm. But when this grown ass man comes in here smelling like pee, what is a kid supposed to say? They have no filter. And it's just none at all all like i have the kids that curse in church like i just i want to take this moment to thank you for being my friend in spite (laughs) of my children like the last time i saw you you came to my house to get the cakes yeah and my son came out the room now mind you they're already supposed to be in bed sleep the lights are off it's done shut down my son just comes out the room just staring just to see what he can see what are you doing nothing why are you not in the bed and he just stared at me like yeah. I was the crazy one. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, I just have children. Yeah. You have to don't mind them. They don't mean any harm, but they're just kids. They have no filter. Right. They have a they have home training, but it, whether or not they choose to enact it is a completely it's a different whole story. different there story. You go. Yeah. My son, we're in ch- in church, like not just in the building, in the sanctuary. Right. I'm so fucking tired. <gasps> That's it. We're going home. That's it. Like, wait, did, did church end or like y'all just got there and it's just like now we got to turn around and go home? And this is the thing. This wasn't even my church. It was a, I, you know, I just moved in the house. So it's the <laughs> church next saying, door. Pause the timing. You're worried about timing. Like, well, was he genuinely tired? That is not the issue no. here. No. I'm just, I'm wondering. We I were just, at, you know, because I'm sometimes like, you just, you, that is never like, acceptable. Well, right. That's my whole point. And she's like, well, what time did you get there? Was it 12? <laughs> this, the this is the thing. Now, I just moved in this house. And I mean, the pastor church, me outside. Black church is forever. Like, that let's be honest. Like, so if you got there we for Bible study, there. like, you come in, you know, Bible study is from, like, <laughs> no, 9 No, it's prayer meeting first. Like, right. So you don't get out of church. until Going Good to church two in is. The afternoon. Right. Like, going to church is like going to work. Like, you get out at three. Like, black church is forever. My church is 11 to 2. 12.30, boom, we That's out. That's why I go to sunrise service. Sunrise service, 45 minutes. Absolutely. But no, Where this is I? why I was so angry. Because I just moved into this neighborhood. I had just, the, the pastor, yeah. he saw me coming in with the kids. And he was like, oh, we're having a Christmas party for, you know, the kids in the community. We're having kids from Cam to come, blah, blah, blah. We're giving out free toys. That was all I heard. I right. was there. <laughs> free toys? Yes. Okay, we'll be there. Right. So we went over there. We did that. And then he said, well, could you come back, you know? Just, you know, see what we're about. We're right next door. You yeah. might want to, you know, another place if you can't get to your own church. Cool. Okay. We goes in there. And this is, it's an older church. So it's, you know, a lot of older people. Yeah. And he said that. 
So how loud did he say it all? I mean, I get your point of it doesn't <laughs> matter, but I also want to be aware of sort of the type of side he eyes that might have caught. Loud enough for the person next to him to hear it. Loud enough for me to get up in the middle of this service. And mind you, you ever been in a church with those old hardwood floors? Yeah, they oh, creak. Yeah. yeah, they creak and you hear every step, whether you got on dress shoes or sneakers. It was loud enough for me to get up and walk all the way out. And I was like, I was so embarrassed. And I'm like, now, mind you, this happened. That happened. Right. And then my son was, what was he singing? Um, ooh, ooh, ah, ah, hey, hey, turn up in church. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. I was so embarrassed. I said, I'm turning up for Jesus. Yeah. And you know what? I was so mad at my sister. I blame my sister for that. Because my niece, she loves that song. Right. She loves to do the dance. So whenever they're in the car, if my niece needs to behave or she needs to sit down and shut up or something, right. that's what my sister puts on. I completely blame her for that. I was so embarrassed. Oh, do you know how embarrassing that is? Now, mind you, <laughs> I, don't. I don't know any of these people. None of them. I met the pastor twice. Right. That's it. And for him to do that, I just was like, like we, we got to leave. Right. There's nothing else to, to be said. <laughs> There's nothing else to be done. Let's just get up, walk on these creaky floors, and go home. He Nobody's getting dessert. Cause tired, now, mind you, this was though. 6 o'clock. So this was their, like, 6 o'clock service. Okay. Like, we were already at church. We came so home. We had a nap. he was legitimately tired. <laughs> is what you're no, saying. he wasn't tired. He just wanted to leave. So I'm just like, okay, you know what? It's about 6.30. Nobody's getting any snack. We're just going home. We're going to get in a tub. And y'all are going to go to bed. All of y'all. I don't care. If just Dominic and Demetrius <laughs> caused us to leave, everybody's going to bed because now I'm I'm mad because I'm embarrassed. Like I don't I haven't been back to that church since. <laughs> I am literally like <laughs> you don't understand. Like, this is hilarious to me. You don't understand when I I don't even use my front door on Wednesday or Sunday. I right. go up the back door. Like I go in the back door because I don't want him to see me and say, "Hey, where you been?" And I don't want to have to explain to him. Well, yeah, my son's kind of vulgar, right? And they don't know how to act. <laughs> like I just no, but that's why you. You gotta go back so he can get the Jesus in him. We can do that at my own church. <laughs> they know us already. They love us. You know, they know my children. They know that we're not heathens. Like I'm just like, well, let's get kids. Them, the let's kids. get them together at my own church. Right, and then, then we can visit other people's churches. Okay. Get them together. <laughs> yeah, get them together. Like, Gather them all up. Yeah. Oh my God. So, Lania has a uh, baby Debo. <laughs> at at her house, aka uh, Juliana, her daughter. No one in the house is allowed to take a picture without her being in it. No and I, and I literally mean no one. Like I oh like I noticed. I, I think I sent you a message. Yes. I was like, so no one's allowed to take a picture. Nobody. Like it is. Like she will be creeping in the background just like you're not about to take like that. just All a stone face <laughs> forehead for days like at her beacon she's in there like like you know that gif of the guy on, on the, the roller, roller skates that's, that's her. her that is her that in the pictures just day. in the background creeping <laughs> you're like, i'm in it i'm in yes. it i'm here yes that's, that's exactly her. it like and you're just like she creeps mason he's like a little miniature hulk like he's just like a bull in a china shop and I, I, like that's the only and you know half the time it's either one or the other like before it was no shirt that was his thing like mm -hmm. he would just hulk out 
for no reason no shirt mush a sister in the head like just for no reason yeah sun's out um, guns out yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> now it's his pants yeah but um they're oh, young Jesus. so i don't really have a lot of stories for them right um but things that do make me laugh like i know we got nicholas uh, a tablet for his birthday i think it was mm-hmm. and this was when the babies were younger so they were they weren't walking walking yet mm-hmm. but um he i was asleep i remember i was asleep in my bedroom and i just hear this like calamity and he's like what are you doing mason why would you do that and nicholas is in here screaming like he right. pays bills and i'm like what the hell is going on so I get out of bed and I'm like, Nick, what is the problem? Like, it's seven o'clock in the morning. Right. He was like, he threw my tablet in the toilet, mom. It's in the toilet. Right. And he just breaks down. And I'm like, no, he didn't throw it in the toilet. Because I specifically put his tablet on top of his bookshelf so he right. couldn't reach it. Mm-hmm. He was like, no, mom, he took the stool. He had this little play school stool. Yeah. He's like, he took my stool. He climbed up on the bookshelf. Yeah. He got it down and he put it in the toilet. Right. And I was like, so I where the hell were you that you let him do right. that? Like, you saw it happen. He was like, no, mom. No, I didn't see it. I would have stopped him. He's right. talking to me like, I'm stupid. He's, He's like, 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 dummy. This like, is what happened. And then I look and I do see the stool up on the bookshelf. And it's just funny. This, okay, first of all, Nicholas is a goddamn detective he's all right? a very smart child goddamn detective to put all that together yes. I'm gonna tell you all I would have did was just turn up like, <laughs> like, what the fuck? he doesn't care that it happened he wants right. to know why it happened so and, it and doesn't that's happen that's what I said to him I said so you watched him do all this he said no mom there's a stool <laughs> and I was like alright touche like, <laughs> cool. and then I looked cool. and it was in the toilet and Mason's sitting there like yup I did it. Thug yeah. Life. <laughs> and that's all I saw was that thug life meme. And I was yeah, like, and I, I did I, it. I couldn't even be mad. I was like, damn, Nick, I'm sorry. Like, I couldn't even, I couldn't even be mad. Uh, at we it. got wait, that insurance. Right. Wait, Nick. time. Wait till you dad yeah. get We got the insurance and, and he, we'll take it back. Don't worry. He like, he like interrogates me now, especially like the older he gets. Right. Like, he interrogates me like he's my boyfriend. Like, just, yeah, <laughs> I swear to you. Like, just yesterday. Um, I'm at the doctor's office and he was talking about watching movies. I was like, yeah, daddy got you popcorn. He was like, what did he text you and tell you that? <laughs> and I was like, no, I saw him at the house. And he was like, uh, when did you see him? And I was like, daddy got home before you got done school. And he was like, oh, so if you saw him when he got home, who was watching the babies? I was like, and I have to catch like, myself. Wait a minute, why am I answering yes. these questions? And I have to catch myself and I'm talking to him. And then after the conversation is over, I was like, wait, Nick, I shut not anything to you. I am the mom. And like he did it to me before. Like me and Nick were going out somewhere and he's like, um, he comes out of his room after playing on his tablet. He was like, oh, I like your makeup. You look really pretty, mom. I was like, thank you. He was like, why are you putting on your shoes? <laughs> I was like, where are you going? Yeah. And I was you are like, not about to leave. Me. I was like, very night crawler like, of him. Yes. He's such a creep. And I'm like, um, getting ready to go. He's like, where are you going? <laughs> I was like, and Nick was like, I forget, Nick gave them some BS excuse. I can't remember what it was. He's like, sure, you guys aren't going on a date? He's like, sure, you're not going to the movies? I was like, that's where we were going. I was like, go, go, go. You know, you know you have children when you have to sneak out of the house. And it's it's sad because we're bigger than them. (laughs) We're adults. And we literally, especially with my three-year-old, he doesn't like people. Like, he's not a people person. (laughs) Like, he just doesn't. Yeah, me and him don't get along. Don't don't feel bad. It's fine. It's I, don't, I don't. I don't. It's, it's, it's my don't. mom. I'm just like whatever. It's my sister. He he just doesn't like jump people. at him sometimes. Like, and see now suck. he's three. He can express himself. Like he'll do it back to you. Yeah. Like, but like you can now, catch these hands. 
Mm-hmm. Now, I had to, we went to a funeral Saturday. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I don't want to go over G-Mom's house. I'm like, well, you have to because you're not going to the funeral with G-mom. us. Yeah, she's not a grandmom. She's a G-Mom. My mom feels the same way. She's a G-Mom. The G is for gangster. <laughs> but that's a whole other conversation. My mom says it's for glam, but okay. <laughs> and I'm just what like, else? y'all are just, how you're about. You're a grandmother. <laughs> that's what how you are. Your for glam? Grandmom. Okay. That's it. Thanks. That's all you that are. That is funny. Like, yeah. But I'm like, like we are like, okay. Because he calls his uncle. They call him Uncle Pootie. Uncle yeah. Pootie. Take them back there to look at the birds. And we are literally, like, this is ridiculous. He's three years old. We are right. literally tiptoeing out the door because she has hardwood floors. And he, you can hear it. Right. Like, we're tiptoeing out the door. And you pulling the door closed. But you can't pull it too hard because right. they'll hear it. So you got to pull it all the way closed yep. real quietly. And once it's closed, you got to yank it a little bit so you can make sure it catch. Right. And then, when I lied to you not, you should have saw the way we pulled out of that driveway and Drove like off like down getaway the drivers. Like getaway drivers. Yeah. This is a three-year-old child, a three-year-old. But we have to do that because if if he sees us leaving right. and he doesn't want to stay, yeah, like he will out. give the babysitter the worst kind of hell. Like right. we have two good babysitters left that we don't have to pay. Right. Like anybody else, you know it's bad. When I have to pay my fourteen-year-old nephew, he won't do it. He's like, no. <laughs> no. Are you going to pay me? Like, it's, like it's only for an hour. Extortion. Are you going to pay me? Right. I won't charge you $20, but you do have to pay me. Right. Like, you know it's bad. Yeah. The older three, they're cool. Like, you just have to make sure they don't beat each other up or they don't tag team anybody. Right. But it's really bad when you have to be like, just please, I'm only going to be an hour. I don't have $20. Just can you do it real quick? Like, you're begging. Right. Because your kids are just a handful. It's bad. It's really bad. I, I say to people... Like, if you're still in your 20s, don't have kids. Travel. <laughs> Enjoy your life. Flush your money down the toilet. Do what you want to do. Right. Don't Make it rain. Have kids. Make it rain on who or what? Them hoes. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> no one. Just saying, when you don't have kids, you can do that. You can do nope. what you want to do Whatever when you have kids. Whatever you want. The world is yours. Do you uh, know? Well, you don't know. <laughs> Do you know how frustrating it is to pull four kids through Walmart? No, I don't. It's although although I have given people looks that have had to do that. I personally want you know, as a mother of three children, mother of three children, I'm still not about that life. I'll be like Robin, Mom, my mother-in-law, Ash. I'm like, you babysit the kids. I gotta go to the store. (laughs) Like, I'm not. I purposely wait. I will wait all day to go to the store. Like if. I will wait till Dwayne gets off work because I'm not taking all four of them. I might take two. Yeah. But I'm not taking all four of them because while we're in there, like we came in here to get some bread or whatever. They're looking at the the frozen cereal. Yeah. The minion cereal. My my six-year-old, he loves to explore. He's somewhere else. I've had to call this child over the loudspeaker (laughs) several times. Walmart, BJ's. Target because he just gets lost in what he's looking at. He does this. He does this. And the next thing you know, he's walking to look at the next thing. And before you realize it, he's all the way on the other end of the store. Lost my mind. Scared the daylights out of me. Because in my mind, somebody just kidnapped my son and put him in the back of a panel van. Right. So I'm like, oh my God, where is he? Do you know? I took him in that bathroom and we came to an understanding because he scared the life out of me. I walked all over BJ's. He's like, hey, mom. What do you mean, hey? 
day. You've been gone for like Sup, 15 girl. minutes. What are you doing? I was Sup, girl. so upset. My mom thought it was the funniest thing ever. Yeah. That's not funny. She's like, well, he couldn't have. There are two people standing at the door. Nobody would have just let him walk out by himself. That's irrelevant. Right. In my mind, somebody just kidnapped my son. Right. Like, he needs to be found. And she thought it was so funny. My dad's like, I'm getting in the car. I'm not dealing with this. Right. Because he's embarrassed. Like, he's embarrassed because I'm having a conniption and my mom thinks it's funny. And the other kids are just like, mm-hmm. He's right. like, no, I'm getting in the car. Y'all no, just let me know I'm when y'all saying, put this stuff in the car. At least she was classy about it. Like, my dad straight up would just walk the store. Linnea. Where are you? Linnea. Yeah. yeah. Big black guy. Linnea. Right. Linnea. And his voice can't. Like, I swear to God. And I always know, like, oh, time to go. Yeah. Like, for me, it was always a thing. Like, me and my sister, we always, like, wait, my mom and dad. Like, we always w- would walk away from my mom or whatever. Mm-hmm. And... It, if she had, we knew that we needed to find her before she checked out. Because if she checked out, yeah, and she had to had call to us over, the, the no, not even, not even go back in the store. If she oh, had no. to check out and call us over that PA system, it was going to be a problem. Oh, she was going to try and ble- beat the black off me. My brother, on the other hand, he used to like to hide in the clothes. Oh my god, I loved that. That was my favorite. <laughs> And you I know what? That is so not. I hope they do. That is not funny. I didn't scare people. I just used to like hiding. But no, my no, husband, he, he told me he used to scare people, like strangers, like pa. My brother used to <laughs> like to funny. go underneath of the bottom, like, and he he was like a little peanut kid for a, a very long time. The and circle rack that has the little seat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and he would he would chill. go down to the bottom and like reach out and touch people and then pull his hands back. It's so creepy. That is not okay. <laughs> Legit would have pissed okay. my pants. Like, what the hell like, is going on is in this that? Target? Right, because like it's like these long pants like, that you can't kind of see anything through, and you see this little tiny brown hand come out and touch somebody's ankle and then come back. And like me and Tina, me and my sister, we were bad influences on my brother. I'd have to agree with that. Like we were, we so we would peep what he was doing, and, not and say we're anything. standing like we're probably standing a good ten yards away pissing our pants cracking up oh, like, of course crying and my mom on the other hand is losing her mind because that that's her son that's her baby boy like where me and my son like we are aware of where he right. is we're like he's over he's there right. y'all, he's over there. y'all just over there letting her snap out knowing that he's under the wreck yeah. and you still see nothing wrong with <laughs> yeah. this you're like yeah. not a thing wrong with it I, and you know what i legitimately no. pray that you have your own two children just like you. I don't I don't want two children in part because I know that they're probably going to be like me and my sister like me and my sister were terrible as children like first of all I didn't want siblings and I made that very clear like around one years old when I had a good handle on language um, and my mom told Nobody me that cared. she was pregnant and I, I remember like I expressly remember like even to this day my dad tells me he is just like yeah he's like you came to me and asked me why we didn't try something else like <laughs> dog or like a pet like he Give was an option yeah like he was just like he no was like, here's some healthy alternatives really upset like he he was just like you were really really angry about that he was like but you know he was like i just told you oh you know we thought you would be you know lonely or whatever and you were just really no angry. i did not ask for this yeah he was like you were really angry with that response he was like so so what we, you know, 
you we had the baby he was like but then like your behavior over the years he was just like <laughs> you really didn't want a like, no you're like, now you like, pay we, we, like, now you pay we nef- definitely know that you were serious yeah like like he was like you tried to kill your sister a couple times like we're we're pretty sure about that we're like <laughs> he was like we were like kind of a sociopath we are not sure but know. like i pushed my sister off the couch couple times like anytime my mom left a room <laughs> get on the floor like i'm pushing her on the floor get on the floor yeah like i'm pushing her on the floor uh can't sit here i remember you know you guys remember like those big like jeeps like the the battery powered yeah. jeeps yeah so we had like one when they first came out like the red classic one we had one of those mm-hmm. this before they came out with the barbie version like we had the red classic one that thing was huge and i would never let my sister drive and like one day my sister told my dad like told my dad and told my nana and they were both like you know let give your sister a a chance or whatever so i was so my sister got out to like get up to like walk around the car for me to like get out and as she was walking around the back i put it in reverse and ran her over and then put it in drive and ran her over again and like my nana like she was freaking out she was like did it again it was not an accident like it was not an accident this was planned this was on like it was it was definitely like i think the the technical term is premeditated yes (laughs) Yes. it wasn't premeditated definitely you know just when you reverse and drive again over her you you thought about that before it happened second degree at most is what they would have given me like they would have i would have been like listen the the point of it is you would have went to jail for that you were going to jail you're doing time i was like six you're going to jail for that i would have been fine like but but like i just remember just make you see a therapist right i just remember my nana being on the porch and at the time like she had one leg like amputated so like she couldn't move like, she was not a fast moving woman or whatever but i just remember her but like you knew immediately stand just standing up and like yelling to my dad she was like kevin and then she was like Scipio, which is what she called my uh my grandfather and she's like she ran her over <laughs> she's just and, like, and you were just sitting there like, like i was just like, like a thug life yes. <laughs> i'm not like and i ran her over and then i like drove off like it was definitely a hit and run <laughs> Like, this is this was definitely <laughs> was intentional definitely a hit i'm not gonna stick around to get in trouble for it either <laughs> no like and my dad was just like and my dad was one of those guys like he, he never like never yelled at me and my sister like ever like I, i'm pretty sure we probably could have stabbed him and he would have been like i need you to understand that stabbing people is not right it's not right like, it's you wrong. just should not st- like and he was just like i don't understand why you can't share with your sister because it's mine you let me drive right. it first so it's mine like what would, don't you understand like it was definitely a thing where they oh were contemplating God. going out and buying a second one because they were just like we're not going to have her running over we our can't youngest do child this. yeah like and my sister she's such a sweet kid too like she was just unless she didn't like you and then we had to tag team people i want to i want to wrap up this recording that has been absolutely hilarious um with the signature (laughs) question with the signature question of the podcast which is what is the best advice that you have never taken don't be in a rush to grow up really Yes. As cliche as it sounds. Oh my God, are you kidding me? When I was 17, I was 18. You can tell Couldn't me Jack. Wait to be what? I was like, oh my God, no. I have a car. I can buy cigarettes. What? 
Listen. And then my little fast ass was out here buying alcohol and I wasn't 21 yet. Oh my recruiting my sister. Right. Talking about come to Canals with me. I was like, in case they card me, because she's my sister's eight years older than me. Yeah. I'm like, in case they card me, I need to be able to get this alcohol just to go over and sit up under neck. I wasn't right. doing nothing like it wasn't nothing real serious. I just wanted to be the cool girl with the bottles. Right. All I'm saying. <laughs> Don't, don't do be it. in a rush to grow up because right. the, you know you see in life obviously how stressful it can be yeah. and how daunting and responsibility you know like love my children love my life love my husband but definitely enjoy people taking care of you enjoy mm-hmm. not having to do it yourself enjoy not having to spend your own money right. enjoy being selfish enjoy being greedy enjoy all the spoils that comes with no responsibility right that's what i would say exactly because all good things come to an end right so that that would probably be the best advice that i never took and almost every adult told me that and i was right. like Psh, y'all crazy wait till i get grown I saw this thing on Facebook and said we wanted to be adults so bad, but look at us now. Right. Yeah, I saw I one. I it was like it I think about running away more now as an adult than I ever did as a child. <laughs> <laughs> and some Accurate. days, not every day, but some days, I'm just like I tell Dwayne all the time. One of these days, I'm just going to get up and leave. That's what I'm my mom always said. I'm going <laughs> to leave my phone. I'm going to get me a prepaid phone. So when I want to talk <laughs> to, to y'all, burner. when I want to talk to y'all, I will call you. That's very Breaking Bad of you. I'm about to get yeah. this burner. Yep. <laughs> I want to be bothered. I will let you Deuce. know. You're not going to know where I am. I'm just going to get up and leave one day. Right. That's it. I quit. <laughs> let me try that. I quit. <laughs> be like, ah, where do you think you going? Right. <laughs> Nicola, you ain't no. going to get out. The, it ain't going to be Nick. It's going to be Nick. Mom, where you going? Dream. Yes. Where are you going, mom? No. Oh, where's Wayne, be where'd you get that fancy new phone from? Right. <laughs> the Wayne's going to be like, we're coming with you. Right. We're coming with you. Where are we going? family road trip (laughs) i think so i'm just like so rashida is is your uh advice the same or yeah i wish that i would have enjoyed like because when i was about when i first started working at mcdonald's even when i worked at pets Mm -hmm. like you couldn't tell me nothing getting my 55 dollars a week like that 55 (laughs) dollars a week was everything right Every Saturday, I was in the debt for more. Like, you couldn't tell me nothing because I was making $55 a week. And it was just like the best time ever. Like, it just really was. I enjoyed it so much. And it's like, when I got pregnant, that's it. You're a mom now. You're pregnant. You're a mom, pretty much. No more Christmas presents or anything for you. No. And I tell my parents all the time, because I used to be super offended. Like, you just, you're going to get them. You're going to spend all these hundreds of dollars on Christmas toys, and you can't even get me a card for my birthday. I used to get super offended. Right. Now I'm just like, yes. Yes. Spend the hundreds of dollars. Hell yeah. I will spend 20 in Walmart. Let Debbie and Julius tell me they want to buy some stuff for the kids. I'm like, (laughs) hell yeah. Somebody's getting a pedicure today. (laughs) Do it. (laughs) Yes. That's more money in my pocket. Even now. Spoil your grandkids. Even now, my mom was like, "Um, well, I'm thinking about taking the kids to Disney for Christmas. Cool. Um, (laughs) How do you feel about that? Yeah. Do, do I have to go? See you when like, I see I've it. never been to Disney. I don't even want to go. Right. Because she takes them on vacation every summer. She's, she's like, I'm not going to be able to do it this year, so I think I'm going to take them to Disney for Christmas. Do it. Right. And now that they're, everybody's potty trained. That is the best feeling ever. <laughs> Everybody wipes their own butt. Like, that is the best <laughs> feeling ever. That's when you know you're a parent. Right. So I'm like, okay, yeah, do it. Do that. Right. I just really, really wish that I had, like you said, had some time to just be selfish and to right. just, you know, enjoy acting a fool. Because I acted a fool for like a year and a half. Right. 
Because you know, you know, my mom was super strict. Our parents were super, super strict. strict. Like if I wasn't I on punishment, you were. Nothing. Like we couldn't even talk to each other. We couldn't talk to each other. Yeah. Like, and it was like, like when I did kind of break free, because you know there was so much independence in having my own job. Mm-hmm. Because I worked three to eleven after school, so I was like, oh yeah, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to work. Went to the the uh, tattoo place and got my tongue pierced. Couldn't tell me nothing because right. I paid for it with my own money. I was paying my own T-Mobile bill with the <laughs> phone I bought myself. Right. It was nothing that nobody could tell me. Nothing. <laughs> nah. Nothing. <laughs> but I really wish, like, there are days I was looking at pictures um, from me in high school, and mm-hmm. I'm just like, wow. Like, that was such an awesome time. Yeah. Like, I just knew that I was grown because I paid mm-hmm. my own cell phone bill. I wish I could go back. I, I really I do. didn't think I was grown. I was so nerdy I in did. high school. Like, I just, you couldn't tell me nothing. I was, de- come on. Like, I was definitely nerdy in no. high school. Like, we were all nerdy. You but, like, were, we went to a different school. We did. GCIT was. just was, different. You were, like, my good friend. Like, the, like, and, <laughs> and you weren't even really the good friend. Because I wasn't. The, I was terrible. Yeah, you so were terrible. terrible. But, like, of the people that I hung around, like, you were the one who, like, Okay, if we're doing something stupid, like you'd be like, okay, well, let's not do it that stupid. Let's right. dial it back a little bit. Let's take our stupid down a couple Just notches. Just a couple notches. Yeah. Like my other friends be like, yeah, let's go all out. Like you weren't that friend. No. Like I just, I don't know. I really wish, there are days I wish I could go back to that time because it was just so much mm-hmm. fun. And that was before all the kids. Right. <laughs> all you had to worry about right. was, was who liked you, who you liked, who right. you were where you were to. going, right. who you were speaking to. That was you it. Kidding me? I was worried about smoking cigarettes in the parking lot, and not getting caught. That's what I was worried about. And see that Tika was, was never, all over it though, yo. She was I was never like I was never the one to smoke cigarettes. Because okay, both of my parents they smoked cigarettes. Yeah. And they drank and they partied when I was really little. So I was like, I don't want to do that. Like, that was never a desire for me. My parents still did that. Like, I was just like, yeah, my parents weren't partiers, (laughs) but crazy. No, my parents are still partiers. Like, (laughs) I mean, I was a good kid. Crazy. I was a good kid, but I was in high school. Was that what senior year? I think that was the first time I ever cut class. Like, right? I was was in like sixth grade. You have to understand. Like, GCIT was a different. Like, you didn't want to not be at school. Like, it Mm -hmm. was so much fun to be there. Like, pause. Senior cut day. Like. We were like, oh, we're going to do this. And the teachers were like, these we kids are know, so fucking good. Like, they're geeks. We know you're not going to be here. Yeah. Like, and it's like, okay. And I only wanted to cut because, um, what was it? My uh, my last class at the end of the day, that was that one where you could like work with your teacher. I forget what it was called. Yeah. But I worked with Miss Walsh. And me and Renee would just leave at the end of the day. Right. I'm like, well, she's pregnant. Or no, I mean, like, she's got a kid now. Right. So... If we're she's out. leaving, I'm leaving. Peace. Right. <laughs> That's what it was. We were in this together. Right. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Ladies, thank you so much for being guests on Reluctantly Adult. It has been absolutely eye-opening and hilarious and wonderful. So uh, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having it me. It has been an interesting day. I'll say that. Now <laughs> I'm going to go fun. sit in my air. Cool. Let's do it again. <laughs> awesome. Thanks. And that's it. 
I think my major takeaways for this episode are number one, postpartum depression is real. Um, and if you aren't feeling like yourself, it's okay for you to talk about it and to, you know, want to seek out someone to talk to. And it's okay to get help for it. Uh, it's not a reflection of your abilities as a mom. Um, I think that's really important um, for for moms to understand, especially around the stigma of mental health in this country. Uh, it's so, so important that, that moms take care of themselves, especially as sort of the, the number one main caregiver in the home. Uh, I think my second takeaway is um, finding something that you enjoy wholly uh, is very important in helping you find or rediscover uh, your own personal identity outside of your family and outside of being a mom, um, because that helps you, you know, keep peace of mind and to, to keep sort of focus on other things and, and to be dedicated to other things, because you never know, it might even help you be uh, a cooler mom. So tell me what you thought. You can leave me a comment on the website at www.ireluctantlyadult.com or you can follow me on Instagram at ireluctantlyadult or on Twitter at reluctantlyadlt. You can also rate and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Google Play. And if you feel like it, leave a review. Uh, Let everyone know that this is an awesome podcast. If you have a topic or an idea or you just want to send a voice note to tell me how you feel about this, uh, you can email me at ireluctantlyadult at gmail.com. One more thing I wanted to mention, uh, Reluctantly Adult is going on hiatus for the summer. I got into web developer school and that is going to literally be taking all of my time this summer, uh, so much so that I will not have time to schedule interviews or to even put out the companion piece for this particular series with dads. Um, But I will sort of be catching up with those folks once I get back on air around September. Um, to kind of give you the the second piece of this uh, because I really did have some great guests sort of scheduled and I wanted to share that with you. Um, but have no fear. I won't be completely missing from your, your podcast listening. I am starting a mini project um, reviewing a TV show. You may have heard of it called A Different World. Um, and it's just a sort of fun little project that I'm doing just for the summer um, and you all can catch that. I will leave updates on uh, my Instagram, my Twitter and my Facebook page for you to check that out. It'll be available on SoundCloud. Thank you to Christopher Davis for my intro and my outro music. If you like his music and you want to hear more, you can find him on SoundCloud at CRD Music. His username is CRD128. Check him out on there. Thank you to the amazing Ken Griffin for my incredibly dope logo. And as always, thank you to all of you for listening. I'll see you next time. I guess you can give me your funky fresh rhymes. Well. I want to do the rhymes now. Don't want to do the rhymes. Okay. Are you sure? Like yeah, you can do your funky fresh rhymes now. Like, I'm good. That was as far as I had. That was as much I had. I, I know that this was something that you wanted to do. So... <laughs> I can let you do that. If no, in order to do that, I have to grip this thing up, you know, walk around. It's all good. It's all good. Please don't drop my mic. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Uh- <laughs> I got kids. I can't replace that. <laughs> all right. Rashi, we're going to get you in here. You know, if you... Are we... It's, it's one. Don't... Don't... It's one. Don't touch it. <laughs> don't touch it. It's one. Everything is fine. I just need you to talk. That's when you go to the, uh, the um, like, the family <laughs> gathering. <laughs> yeah.
the family gathering is there is that one pr- is it on is, can you can you guys hear me is it on right just <laughs> that's her. beating the hell out of <laughs> that's it that's how you know you paid for shit You're like just don't touch it just get behind it and, and just talk it. yeah and just that's talk. it <clears throat> right there like you gotta like you gotta be in here like you like you so like the church microphone when you gotta <laughs> no nah, nah, like you ain't gonna be on like that no like you ain't gotta, you ain't gotta luther it like it's not <laughs> that's what i got i got luther vibes <laughs> not what i'm asking you to do just talk close enough so it can pick me up you don't even have to be that close but like just just as long as you're like in front of it yeah am i in front of it yeah you're in front of it okay cool yeah i mean can you hear yourself Yes, I can. You know what? I do have a quick question. Sure. Now, I mean, this doesn't really have much to do with anything. Okay. <laughs> you see these two? Yeah. I always see people move them both at the same time. Yes. Do you have to? Yes. Um, so, they're, okay. So, in order for it to be like a stereo sound, which is in both ears, mm-hmm. you have to control both sides. Like, I could pull one down, and you'll only be able to hear it in one side. But if I have them both up... Then you can hear it in both ears. Always wondered that. Thank you for answering. You're that. you're welcome. I'm I'm here to serve. I learned how to use all this shit because I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's right. Start of the podcast, and I am going to have you all introduce yourselves, and then you can you just have to say your first name. You don't have to say your last name. Um, Linnea J Bayer on the ones and twos. Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> So we're gonna put that out there. I got a fan base. So you're you're not. So you're not gonna have any act right at all, is what I'm. I so I went to school for theater. I swear to God, I will. Okay. All right. I got warrant. So definitely no last name. Definitely. Put my government out there. I just want you to say your names however you feel necessary to do that and how many children you have and we'll go from there. Doing three this to life. Be fun. <laughs> this is gonna be fun. Oh, sweet Jesus. It won't be ratchet, I promise. It's not. It's just you just have no chill. It's like <laughs> No but you knew what you were getting I into. Know, I know, I know. 